Welcome to the Russell Ball Podcast. We are your host. As always, my name is Joseph Ty. Joining me is my good friend, Mark Belraj. Mark, how's it going, man? Yo, it's go, yo, yo. If you guys don't know, we're back together. No more isolation. No more separate desk. Can I, can I, can I say that? Or is, or is, that, is that off limits right now to say that? Because I think we, we're at phase three, if I'm not mistaken, and we can do this legally. We are at phase three. This is legal. First uh, live show. We're back in the studio together, which is nice. Good to have a face-to-face conversation. Um, Actually, I hate looking at your face. Ooh. Ouch. Well, then, I guess that, <laughs> we'll I guess that ends the Russell Ball podcast for this nah, I'm week. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. A uh, lot of stuff to talk to you about this week, so uh, we'll skip all the jokes aside and get right into it. Uh, let's start with the NBA, because I feel like that is less of the more um, immediate news. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, a lot of stuff in the NBA to talk about too. But so one of the things that's been on my mind, and we've talked about this all week, is Russell Westbrook not getting the, uh, the credit he deserves. And we've known this for years, but like it's so blatant this year. Did you see that top fifteen NBA list? I um I or I, the other one, the Bleacher List. Yeah, the Bleacher List. I I saw the NBA list. I also saw. Um, I just streamed through it because once I saw that Russell hadn't actually made the list, and bam, Amadeo. No, so Russell did make the list. Uh, he made 14th Sorry, on the list. 14th. Bam Adebayo was Adebayo. 15th. And Pascal and Lowry were completely yeah. off the list. What are your thoughts, man? Yeah. Um, R- R- Russell uh, Westbrook definitely gets the short end of every stick, it seems like. Um, he takes it in stride, though. You've never seen the negativity bother him, as he's a very positive guy. And. Um, it sucks that he gets put into those positions. Um, being a Raptors fan, we're always put into those kind of positions team-wise. So I definitely understand his pain. Um, but uh, he definitely gets shafted um, in the conversations of best players. I'm, and I'm not entirely sure why. This guy was the uh, triple-double king for three years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the first year he did it, he got the MVP. And that was a narration for the MVP where he beat, I believe, Harden over for it um the following year was like well he got triple double last year so he did it again this year but it was still unheard of so people really really put him aside um looking even at his stats this year he's doing incredible he's doing phenomenal yeah he's he's not averaging a triple double but man he's just basically there he's 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 averaging lebron numbers um 27 and a half points eight rebounds seven assists about a three a game his shooting is 47 percent, which is amazing um, and his free throws are 77%, which is up from last year, which he was only shooting 66%. Definitely because a lot of the pressure is off him, but it still shows you that this guy's a piece uh, that could fit on any team to help propel them. Well, to something. I think what's so interesting about this year's stats is that his percentages are up and his scoring is up. So his points have gone up. Yeah. And he's doing it at a higher efficiency. Yeah. Well, the th- and he's playing against, I mean, with Harden. Yeah. Well, I think the thing was at the. At, 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 okay, so. We're, we're saying we, we played about three quarters of the season. So half of that three quarter, uh, Westbrook was still sort of gelling with the team. And we had a lot of discussions about this on the podcast on our earlier episodes of whether this could work. And then we started looking at his, we talked about this actually, that it's, it doesn't look like it's really working because his stats were really low and, and whatnot. But looking at his overall stats with the entire three quarters of the season that have been played, he looks like he figured out what he needs to do. And that's what intelligent high IQ players can do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think... One of the things, too, is Harden had a, a pretty 
long slump uh, in the season. Yes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and in that time, Westbrook was killing it, and they were still maintaining their record. Like, obviously, a lot of people thought they would do a little bit better in terms of their wins, but they're still a playoff team, and they're yeah. still contenders. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what more you can ask for, especially considering you're, you, when your number one option is on a slump and you're, you guys are still contenders. Yeah. That's, that's good enough for me. And so... When I look at this list and I see him 14th on the list, first of all, I think he's top 10. I think we talked about this last week, and I think he's top 10. I mean, that's a little bit more arguable. I can understand if you're choosing 10 players you want today. Uh, That's arguable, but I still got him top 10. Perennial MVP candidate. And then you look at the Bleacher Report that had him at number 23, which is absolutely just... Do you... like? Can you even call yourself an NBA fan if you got this man at number 23? Russell well, Westbrook, come on, man. No way. When you have guys like Chris Middleton rock, ranked in the top 10 and Jason Tatum in the top 15, it's like, are you guys serious? Like, Jason Tatum, no offense, and, and, and Chris Middleton, no offense, but you're not Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. You're not an MVP. You're not an all-star. You're not a consummate. You're not a leader. You're not there yet. Uh, I, I think this is very laughable. Um, Bleacher Report is sort of a laughable... Uh, uh, ranking organization anyway because they do a lot of rankings in NFL. They're more and like whatnot. entertainment. Kind yeah. Of thing, yeah. But uh, I and and we haven't even started talking about Lowry yet. Um, to compare these two guys is a little difficult as well. But if you looking at the stats, Lowry is sort of like Westbrook, a little lighter. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, the rebounds definitely aren't as high. But for a guy that's six foot, maybe six foot one, he rebounds pretty damn well. Um, Westbrook is only 6'5", so that's also an amazing feat. So, I I, I mean, I don't really know if you're comparing Lowry to Westbrook is more of a downer. I feel like it's a downer for both those guys just because they're both great in their own respective ways. Um, Lowry's a champion, obviously, with the help of uh, Kawhi Leonard, but not only that, but the the entire team. Um, I'm not really sure what you guys are trying to compare here. Um, They're both great players. Lowry can arguably be top 15, top 20, easy player. Um, Westbrook is definitely a top 10. And if we really want to argue it, maybe top 15. I wouldn't go further than that Right. Um, in the league. So it's it's a weird comparison to me to even try to make. Um, it perhaps propels Lowry's reputation a little bit. Um, but it definitely brings Westbrook's a little down just because of what he's capable of doing. Yeah, I think the difference between... I, well, here's the thing I will say that they share is that the disrespect between both players is very similar yeah i will say that uh but that said uh, and i'm a huge larry friend and a huge raptors fan but you look at westbrook's number and it's so clear as day that he's a top you know yeah. 10 15 player yeah uh, and again in my opinion top 10 but at the very least top 15 um and it's insane it's insane um yeah so when you compare the two I, I, again like you said it's a hard comparison to make uh there are different players um they're both yeah they're both point they're they're both guards but they do different things in different ways exactly exactly i think the thing when you look at lowry is uh and we won't get into it too deep but you know his skill sets are the fact that he's kind of like a winner it's his mindset that you really enjoy his 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 uh his hustle hustle when he goes up there of course westbrook has that same like fourth fifth drive but he's more like athletically just yeah yeah yeah. he's out of unheard of Yeah, yeah yeah He jumps out of the gym. He works out hard. This guy is built. Yeah. He has his muscle mask is amazing. Not to say Kyle Lowry's isn't, but 
they're just different players and and, and many yeah. respects but they do definitely play guard together hell if i if i were to see kyle lowry and westbrook play uh, two guards on the same team um that would be a scary team to me just because that backcourt would be extremely scary yeah um, just because of what both bring um they solidify that that backcourt position so yeah i would say i would liken lowry to like a a bulldog whereas westbrook's like a pit bull oh that's a very good comparison so uh, anyways um both those guys get disrespect but um going back to what we originally talked about westbrook come on man you guys out there need to give this man the respect that he deserves Guy's an MVP. He's been an MVP candidate for years on years on years. He's been he, an all-star for years. He's been an all-star for years. And he's putting up numbers that if anybody else would put up. Yeah. Oh, you could scream. MVP. Yeah. You guys would scream MVP. Yeah, so. exactly. So, so hush with all the noise. Enough of that. Yeah. Well, Westbrook, keep doing your thing. I, I love the way that he just kind of takes the distractions, throws it out the window. Yeah. And that's the kind of guy he is. And that's why I respect him. Well, they said he didn't fit on. He didn't fit in on this team. And you see Shannon Sharp was saying this. Skip Bayless was saying this. I know... To a, to a lighter extent, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman were saying that he doesn't really fit in with this team, and he really turned that all around. Again, 47% from the field, amazing. That's almost 50%. He's shooting about 1-3 a game, and that's something he struggled with earlier on in the season. Um, 27.5 points, eight, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. Sorry, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 1.7 steals, which is, um, I believe, more or less the same what he was doing in uh, OKC. Right. Um, his... Turnovers are high, but I'm not attributing that to him. I'm attributing that to how the Houston Rockets play. They play a more risky game, high turnovers, so let's not even bother uh, with that. It definitely matters. And, but And regardless, even if you had high turnovers, everything else well, the league outweighs now. that. Look at Luka Doncic. He has very high turnovers. Great, great example. Yeah. Right? Doncic has high, high turnovers, yeah. and he's an MVP candidate. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think people just like to hate on Houston, one, because of Westbrook polarizing a player. I don't know why, though. I, I feel like he's a, just a, a good guy, guy overall. Yeah. I don't know why people find him polarizing, but he is. And then you got Dan Tony, who, you know, a lot of people think he's the worst coach, even though he's a two-time coach of the year. Yeah. Uh, so It's that New York thing. Honestly, when you go to New York, you really tarnish yourself. And it's not your fault. It's just that the media really turns on you. One thing about New York, and we saw it with Phil Jackson, was that Oh, we were getting the savior, and as an example, in Phil Jackson. And before the savior was Mike D'Antoni, and it didn't really work out. And that wasn't necessarily because of them. It was really because of the lack of control they had in their creativity. That they and and when you have those positions, you want to add a little bit of yourself into it to to make it gel or make it work. But they weren't getting that kind of freedom. So what ended up happening is in New York media is very tough and, and they sort of control just like LA media controls sort of how that news spreads because they're the epicenters just like how it is for the Toronto Maple Leafs and their media they're really the epicenter for how hockey is perceived or how NBA is perceived so a lot of people wrote Mike D'Antonio including myself mm -hmm. um, wrongfully so um, and, and that's fair I think you can criticize D'Antoni for the work that he did in not only New York but also LA he didn't really do a great job in LA uh, and that's fine, but he's still a two-time coach of the yeah. year, right? So when you put the players that and you have a system like Houston, yeah. it's a no-brainer that he's going to do well. Yeah, like this is his type of system. So how can you kind of criticize him and say, "Oh, it's not going to work"? Like yeah. it, it will. It yeah. has. It has. Yeah. <laughs> it has worked. It has worked. He's playing small. He's playing PJ Tucker, six foot six at center, and they're still succeeding. It's a very strange but workable because it's a little bit of him inside. And we saw this with the Phoenix Suns with Steve Nash, two-time. 
MVP. Mm-hmm. Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni got all those guys. Amari, who was actually supposed to be on the New York team, but he kept getting injured. Quinton Richardson, um, Sean Marion, all these guys got huge contracts because of Mike D'Antoni. Not to say that Sean Marion couldn't have got that, gotten that himself, but uh, he really shined with both the D'Antoni system with Steve Nash. And then now you're getting guys... Uh, Robert Covington, who's who's exploding. I think he's averaging two before the season closed off, two blocks per game. He's it's just guys that are athletic that can run, and that's why Westbrook really does work with them. And he had to sort of just find his stride. Yeah. So it's just about finding the guys that fit your system. And again, that's part of your creative process, right? Yeah. So, so anyways, we'll move on from that though. Uh, Westbrook, keep doing your thing, man. Can't wait to see you uh, when you join Orlando. I think they'll be uh, joining in a couple of days as per D'Antoni's comments. Yeah. Uh, So him and Harden have not joined the bubble yet, but uh, I mean, they're superstars. They can do what they want. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of the bubble, um, I know a lot of guys have been complaining about... uh, Yes. Oh my goodness. The bubble, first and foremost. We need to be entertained. (laughs) I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying the videos that are coming out on Instagram and all of this and stuff. And uh, we spoke uh, a lot about this, about now we're getting to see who who the kind of chill guys are versus the guys who are a little bit more diva-ish. And you know what? I'll give them... I'll give them a def- defense that, you know what, they, they've lived the millionaire, millionaire lifestyle for some of them close to a decade now or over. So I can understand, uh, you know, you go to a hotel room, it's not up to your standard. I, I can understand that. But, man, I just have so much more respect for the guys here. Like, you know what, it's all good. The food's good here. Everything's good. Uh, Pat Beverly, uh, who's a guy I don't like on the court, but he's super chill and one of the things he said throughout his Instagram video was the bubble is what you make it and he was just showing off his room he's like yeah I got my PS4 here and then he showed off his stack of white t-shirts I don't know <laughs> he had a ton of them though I don't know if he just wears one t-shirt and tosses it out after probably yeah um, but um, yeah so like it's just it seems like I, I have more respect for a lot of the players that are coming out and showing off how you know laid back they are and I really respect that well, it is what it is, right? It's you're going to Orlando to to play in a bubble. This is unheard of, unseen of. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can't expect it to be the billionaires' club, no. um, and and you know have your entertainment and and, and what else and, and have five star hotel rooms per se. Mm-hmm. Like guys, I'm gonna take you guys back to the last dance with Michael Jordan and in, in, in his like little outdoor stadium with a dome while he was filming uh, Space Jam. Mm-hmm. And it was just regular guys showing up. And a lot of the guys said, you know, it was just like, it's sort of like how we were back, you know, where we lived and where we grew up. And yep. we used to go play on the street court, play for hours, we're sweating, we're, we're hot, like, but and, we and having a good time. Funny right? enough that you mentioned that, it's players were lining up to want to play at that, yeah. you know, those pickup games yeah. with Jordan. And that's what you guys should be feeling. Hey, the season was robbed from us for something that we couldn't control. And, you know, in 2020, we should really think about our lives and what we have and, and and be grateful for what we have it's it, it sucks that it was taken away from all of us around the entire world mm-hmm. um so you know it is what it is but you guys you guys love basketball you want to be playing basketball like this is just a temporary fix until the season is done uh, make the most of it like you said pat beverly and even john ja moran ja moran had a nice uh little quote there uh what do you say here uh, my room is fine the food is fine i'm not a silver spoon guy i'm a ramen noodle guy mind you john ja moran is like a year from college where i'm sure he ate lots of ramen noodle and you know what ramen noodles the best i love ramen noodles so uh, but i think that line specifically is a perfect you know sums everything up perfectly yeah. A lot of these guys came from upbringings that you know were lower to middle class, and and 
don't forget that. Don't forget where you came from kind of thing. Yeah. So it is what it is. You got to make the most of what you have. You guys are there to win a championship. Yes. First and foremost. I don't see really anyone from the Raptors that are complaining. They know what no. it is. They know the situation. No. They understand the, the conflicts, the struggles. Listen, guys. Think about winning a championship and having this much difficulty. It just mm-hmm. makes it a little more sweeter. Definitely an asterisk seasons, but at the same time, knowing that you're not getting the same comfortability mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that you're used to getting and, and, and still achieving something is really the grind. And that's what the grind's always yeah. about. Now, all of that said, it isn't every player. Uh, you know, again, there's a lot of players coming out saying everything is all good. I know the Dallas Mavericks is another team where all the players have seen seemingly been fine with everything uh, i saw some really nice funny instagram stories with tobias harris and boban because if, if you guys follow the nba you know that they have a little friendship thing going on um kind of like DeRozan and lowry right yeah. so uh I, I found that really cool and even guys like chris paul i saw him out there playing oh, yeah. um I, I forget what game is called but he was playing with sga yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, an- another guy and it's those are nice team. things to see they're yeah. wholesome they're it's wholesome things to wholesome. see and that's what i would say i think yeah. lakers have been doing that too they've been doing a lot of team activities yeah. together and that's that's what we want to see and that brings basketball really back to its fundamentals as a team sport um as something you do to bring everyone together right um, and you're really gonna see that here um guys that can stick together and maybe teams that don't glue and mesh as well with each mm-hmm. other um so it'll be interesting to see um again, and all, all of that oh, sorry go ahead i was just gonna say that uh, all of that said i'm looking at you know the the videos of the rooms and the food and all of that it doesn't look too bad man no, <laughs> if no. i went to an all-inclusive and i saw that kind of stuff I'd be like, hey man, this is like a four, four and a half star <laughs> resort I'm at. Yeah. Listen, if 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 UFC can go on Fight Island and have enough food and and and, and place for people to stay and and, yes. and and to accommodate that many people, I'm sure Florida, Orlando is not going to be terrible. No, especially considering they're doing putting a lot of effort in making sure there's a lot of entertainment for them. I know they're going to open some rides for them, which I feel is a little bit dangerous considering they're open to the public as well. And then after hours, they're going to open it up to the yeah. NBA. It's like, mm-hmm. Well, a little dicey, but at least you can see that the entertainment is there for them. Right. But listen, if and we talked about this last week, if you guys are going to go out there and do that, you're, you, you do put yourself in a little bit of trouble, especially when it comes to playoff times, to being quarantined for 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and and missing complete complete games and possibly elim- your team being eliminated, um, and that could be due to your choices that you make. So it's very that's picky. fair to say, but at the same time, the NBA is allowing all of this stuff, right? Well, because the players want it, so they're yeah. not going to deny them because yeah. they're not they're not that kind of organization to say you can't do something. Mm-hmm. Definitely do it, but know that there are risks with what you do. So if you guys are serious about winning a championship. Then you got to be serious about the choices that you make. That's ultimately what it is. That's that's true. And, and just take your precautions too, right? Yeah. Make sure you're washing your hands, high, uh, you know, yeah. hand sanitizer, all of that stuff. And you guys may not have any symptoms. It's just if you test positive, that's the end of the story. Yeah. Mind you, it looks like uh, a lot of these new breeds, uh, new breeds, <laughs> the younger generation guys, uh, a lot of them just brought their video games and their laptops and all that stuff, and they're like twitching and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, hey man, if that's all you guys need, that's all I would personally need if yeah. I had to go. Yeah. You know, just give me my PS4, uh, give me a couple of guys and buddies online to play with, we're good to go yeah. here. Yeah. And um, you see, the younger generation is actually taking this a lot better, I would say, than the older generation. Yeah. So yeah. that's very interesting because normally my arguments would always be the younger generation's. Or the privileged one yeah. and the older generations are like the guys that are, are used to it but now i'm sort of seeing the reverse yeah um but that could just be exactly what you're saying is this the way they were brought up is a it's just the, yeah it's a different thing right generation they, they enjoy video games and it's, it, video games is always a safe and easy activity right yeah 
Um, Oddly that we're saying that now. <laughs> Back in the day, our parents would be like, what? Get out there. Yeah, that's right. Get uh, some air in your lungs. And just a little fun fact about the bubble as well. Uh, PJ Tucker apparently... Besides his massive collection of shoes that he brought, apparently brought an 85-inch TV. <laughs> an 85-inch TV. But you know what? At least he brought what he needed. Good on him. But yeah. an 85-inch TV? Jeez, yeah. man. That's insane. It's a little excessive. Uh, actually, I saw a video of Leonard Myers. I think his, I want to say Dallas. I can't remember. Maybe Portland. Um he brought his video game set up and holy cow, this guy brought like his whole gaming PC and everything. I was like, wow. Yeah. Some of these guys are hardcore. But again, good on you for bringing what you need yeah. uh, to get you through this bubble. Um, that's the most important thing. As long as you're staying safe and you you can quarantine yourself and all that stuff, good on you. Yeah. And we got uh, Kawhi Leonard arrived in Orlando, um, I believe. Was it last night or the night before? Possibly Friday or Thursday. Yeah. Uh, it was this week for sure. He's arrived, so uh, we're on watch for that uh, killer on the court. Uh, he's he's ready to play, and it looks like he wants a championship. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Bittersweet uh, seeing him, um, especially now we're going to see him in the playoffs yeah. with another team. So well, yeah. Well, Vegas odds have the Raptors winning the championship right now. I'm seeing a lot of guys like Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, if I'm not mistaken, saying that. Well, I think Scottie Pippen for sure. Charles might be a little off, a little off because uh, Charles always roots for the Raptors now anyway. But yeah. uh, Scottie Pippen said that just based on the relationship the Raptors have with one another, one another players and managers and coaches and whatnot, um, the Raptors look like the best team. Um, not only that, they've, they've all agreed to go earlier. They've been there for a little while now. I haven't heard any news from the Raptors other mm-hmm. than that. Um, Class organization, so, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they've done a lot of really nice things. Obviously, a lot of people saw their buses that were outfitted with the BLM uh, messages. Um, I also heard that they customized all their players' rooms with family photos. So when they got into their hotel rooms, they saw photos of their family, which is really nice. Uh, I just think the Raptors are super classy organization. They haven't always been. Um, since Masai's been here, though, it's been, good. it's been really good, and I hope they maintain this. Um, but anyways, uh, to continue further, um, what was I going to say? I can't even remember now. That's but. all right. I'll add something while you uh, gather your thoughts. But uh, Bradley Beal won't be joining uh, Washington Wizards, so that's just a sort of an injury update, which is a huge loss for them. Um, the Wizards are done. Yeah, but they're the, they're the only team in the East, I think that's ninth place, that actually made it into this bubble anyway so the chances were always there but i think not to say that bradley beal necessarily hurted washington um, but when bradley beal was away washington wasn't a bad team they were halfway decent um i know bertans was having a breakout year he was having sort of that uh oh boy that miami heat three-point shooter i completely forget him and i had him on fantasy as well uh he was doing really well Oh, well. you know what I'm talking. Uh, Mitchell uh, Robinson, um, yes. Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson. I see his face too. Yeah. Like I see his little profile photo in my head. But. Yeah, you have Rui who was coming around. Rui um, Hamachimura. Yeah, uh, who was coming around as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what really happens. I don't know how strong their schedule is. I think they were one of the teams that are in the upper half of the Vegas odds of having the high, hardest schedule. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. But Bradley Beal not showing up. It's more to do with his shoulder injury. Um, sort of like the... Uh, I know we were talking last week about DeAndre Jordan. Um, the oh, DeAndre Jordan injury Brooklyn's another team is done. Yeah. So... Uh, but they're in the playoffs. I know they're in the playoffs, but no Kyrie, no yeah, Dinwiddie, yeah, yeah. no DeAndre Jordan. They're yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I, I almost feel like the NBA should remove them yeah. and put in a team that at least has players, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, they made that decision. I guess it's a write-off for them. Yeah. Um, so, 
there anything else you'd like to add to basketball? I think uh, we covered quite a bit. Uh, one just thing I wanted to talk about really quickly is obviously there's a lot of controversy with uh, Stephen Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. I won't get into that because I really don't want to give him the What's the time. other guy's name again? Uh, Deshaun Jackson from, from NFL, NFL yeah. uh, who has since apologized and he's actually visiting museums and stuff like that. So hopefully he, he just you know educates himself a little bit. Um, but I wanted to bring up the example of Tim Hardaway Sr., which is just a really nice story, um, and I think something that you know people can, everyone in the world can learn from. So Sr. is is that the Tim Hardaway we know? Uh, it's the father of uh, Tim Penny Hardaway. of Penny Hardaway. No, uh, Tim, Tim, Hardaway. Tim. Sorry, my yeah, bad. Yeah, Tim Hardaway. Yeah, Jr., yeah, right? yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so Tim Hardaway Sr., um, who is a guy who hasn't made the Hall of Fame yet, but a lot of people think he got snubbed because of his comments. So basically, he said, I think it was in 2006, so maybe I don't know, 15 years ago, that he hated gay people. Um, he didn't come out afterwards and you know make half-hearted apologies and things like that. Was it just gay people or the LGBT plus community? Well, I think his specific quote was about gay people, but I'm sure it's about everybody. That community. Yeah, okay. that community as a whole. Um, and then he eventually became one of their biggest advocates. He started just educating so was- himself. Uh, he got involved in the, the you know the, that particular community, and and he learned and changed his mind. And I think, obviously, you know, um, now he's a huge advocate for the LGBTQ um, community. Uh, he was one of the people that sent a message to, who's the NBA player that came out? Oh, as uh, Jason Collins. Collins, yeah. Came out to him. And, and Collins, by the way, had a lot of really nice messages from even, I think, guys like Obama. But he said that this message from Tim Hardaway Sr. was one of the most important for him because it was somebody who he felt would never have messaged and reached out to him yeah. and reached out to him and said, hey, man, you know, I support you. Uh, Tim Hardaway Sr. came out in support in the politics for getting bills changed and things like that. So uh, he's really going out there and making a difference. And I feel like we can apply that for everything, right? Even like, uh, like the BLM movement, there is a lot of... I will say ignorant people out there on BLM movement and I feel like go out there and learn about why you know black African Americans are are protesting out there there's a reason why they're doing that if 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 you if if you feel that this movement is not good go out there and see why they're doing it first before you make that decision educate yourself and and I feel like when people start to learn more um, and things they don't know and educate themselves, this world is obviously going to get better. Yeah. Um, um, so I just thought it was a really nice story uh, and something that's relevant to today considering all the craziness that's going on. Yeah, power of positivity. Yes, the power of positivity. Which makes me feel bad that I said you had an ugly mug earlier, so I apologize for that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, uh, if there's something you don't understand and you have negative feelings toward, please go out there, learn. That's the best thing you can do. Opinions are made to be changed as well. Don't yep. think that you can just be in cement because we, as a as a human race, um, we have a lot of learning to still do just about acceptance and understanding. We all want the same thing. We all want to live in a happy society that's progressive. Um, so that's the best way to do it. There's a great movie that I watched the other day. It's called The um, Best of Enemies, something like that instead of like best of friends best of enemies it's about a uh kkk leader who's also big in the community um and then a black uh civil rights activist this is around the i think the 60s when they still had 
segregation. I forget what state it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were both on the uh, committee. Uh, So there was a committee that they made uh, to kind of reintegrate uh, or integrate, not even reintegrate, to integrate for the first time um, black students with white students in the school system. Um, Anyways, the whole point of the movie was that the KKK leader eventually realized as a poor white man, he had more in common with poor black folk than he did with rich white folk. And and then the whole, you know, ending of the movie was he voted in favor of it. He was the deciding factor. He voted in favor for it, ripped up his uh, KKK card, which is all based on a true story. And it was just, and he sacrificed a lot in doing so because his business, you know, obviously had a lot of white customers before his business went down. Um, he took a lot of flack from the community because of it, but he, he did what was, you know, what ultimately was right. Was there any known actors in that movie? Yeah, there is uh, two. One of them is an Oscar winner, actually. Um, and then the other lady uh, is also very famous, but I just forget their names. So it's a, that's a good. There's a speaking. You know, just adding on to that, there's a guy that uh, Joe Rogan had in his podcast a few months ago. Actually, his name is Daryl Doc- Dawkins, and I've spoken about him, I think, before on this podcast. He's a African American um, who's. I guess his calling in life was to do this. And, and what he does essentially is he tries to find KKK leaders and just have a discussion with them. So they're actually, he has a book, I believe. Um, and I, I encourage you guys to listen to his podcast with Joe Rogan where he explains this. And it was, it was so interesting that um, he would meet with these leaders, have a discussion with them and try to educate them sort of on who African-Americans are. And it's a lot of the times because of the segregation that still exists in the US that we don't learn about that they sorry that they didn't learn about their counterparts um so he's made it a mission in life and he's converted something like i think a hundred kkk members and he's successfully converted them to people who now understand the african-american movement and and the african-american struggle in the united states and and probably the greater world as well so um right interesting yeah so a lot of good you know like you know there's a lot of good educational material out there you, you know from movies to actual books and you know non-fiction stuff um, so, yeah, that's all I can say. Continue to learn. I forget, like I was saying, I don't know who said it, but they said if you're the smartest man in the room, uh, that's not a good thing. You know, you you never want to be the smartest man in the room because you always want to continue to learn. Don't be afraid to learn. So, go out there and learn it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, before we move on to wrestling, there is one quick fact I know you were talking about with uh, Devin Booker. I'll let you get into that one. Yeah, so uh, I know we talked about last week about uh, Devin Booker a little bit, so I, I uh, just just to sum it up, basically, uh, Phoenix is definitely still in the bubble. Uh, they have a chance to make playoffs, but uh, we don't really see them making it. Uh, Phoenix doesn't seem to be run as a super great organization. Um, we sort of dogged Booker on why he may take a contract with an organization that may not help support his dreams of being in the playoffs and winning the championship. But at the same time, Devin Booker believes in himself. Devin Booker's a great player as well. Um, but we did have a little bit more expectations of, of him as a player. So uh, oddly enough, a, a few statistics had come out while the season is going to resume in about two weeks, I believe, um, about uh, um, the traveling, uh, I guess, the running uh, distance, distance yeah. traveled covered throughout, yeah, throughout season. This, this season. Yeah. And um, oddly enough, Devin Booker led that category with 167.7 miles, uh, followed behind him with C.J. McCollum um, at the same 167.7 miles, but uh, seven feet fewer, which is sort of a very minuscule amount in terms of miles. Um, C.J. McCollum has been the leader for the last three years, if I'm not mistaken. So... Mm. Um, 
it's very interesting to see that Devin Booker really is pushing himself and it really proves that he's trying to do something. That's quite a bit of running. I don't see anybody from uh, Houston there, and we all know Houston is one of the, you know, the... the Running gun teams, high, of, yeah, yeah, high uh, pace teams. Of the East. Um, the list consisted of Devin Booker, CJ McCollum, Harrison Barnes wasn't too far behind, who's on Sacramento, which is very interesting, as I don't hear too much about Harrison Barnes anymore. Right. Tobias Harris, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, which is also interesting. He's had a lot of injuries in the past, but he's broken out this year. He's had one of the great campaigns. Um, I would put him maybe as most improved player. Uh, but uh, that's a discussion for a different oh, time. There's so many most improved players. This but, year, yeah. yeah. Uh, Terry Rose is there. SGA, which I think is super interesting. I love what he's done at OKC this year. If I could just jump in about SGA, I think he is on track to be the greatest Canadian NBA player. Um, Over Wiggins? I think so, man. Wiggins just hasn't shown... Uh, he's had enough time to really show it, and he hasn't. And SGA still has time to show it. So if I had to choose between the two, I'd say SGA... And I'm not going to step on your point. I definitely agree with you on the SGA point because I wasn't big on SGA and you know that when he first came in because I thought uh, he wasn't ready to be propelled that much. His improvement from last year to this year has been so substantial in my point of view. Yeah. Um, OKC's in the playoffs. Definitely Chris Paul has been able to help with that, but SGA is just as much um, to blame for them making uh, being in the playoffs yeah, as CP3. Um, but... Uh, his progression has been amazing. He's that triple threat player. Yes. Um, he's... A threat on offense and on defense. He's learning a lot. Um, he's still learning. Um, and now, he, I still think he has some growing to do. Too, he physically, does physically. So just yeah, wait till he like fills in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but not to forget about Andrew Wiggins. He wasn't the player they thought he'd be in Minnesota. I agree with that. He struggled. He sort of didn't really improve. But he did get that LeBron James money um, in a contract, um, and he sort of like pushed back. I agree with that as well. Uh, what I will say is uh, Andrew Wiggins on. Golden State Warriors is he's gonna be deadly, um, but to your point, he's not he's not first option. He's not the second option. He may not even be the third option. That's right. Um, he's gonna be the fourth option, kind of Harrison Barnes kind of player where he'll thrive. So that may change our opinion of him later. But at the same time, I agree with you completely. Uh, SGA is definitely a front runner right now, and he's so young. So his yeah, and is- yeah, don't get me wrong, like. Uh, Wiggins still has an opportunity to be a great player. I'm just talking about the greatest Canadian player mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, well, current. Steve Nash is the greatest. Yeah, Canadian. Steve yeah. Nash is obviously the greatest. So that's a, but, those are big shoes to yeah, fill. Yeah, but I'm talking about uh, current. And, you know, maybe even he may surpass uh, Steve Nash. You never know. Again, SJ yeah. is looking real good. I think pairing him with Chris Paul. Chris Paul is always a veteran, a guy you can really learn from. So I think he's probably, you know vastly improving under Chris Paul and maybe Wiggins does need you know a role model in Steph Curry or Clay Clay Thompson Thompson to kind of take him to the next level Uh, so there is still opportunity for Wiggins but I feel like we've had a good long look at him and SJ is only just starting so let me say if what if Golden State wins a championship next year well, again, it depends how much Wiggins con- con- contributed. Because if he's still a fourth option, like you said, I, that doesn't make you the greatest Canadian player by all, you know, by yeah. any means. Right. So, uh, but it does definitely rise his stock. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's not a bad player at all. I just think SJ is on track to be better than him. Yeah. So anyway, going back to our original point, Devin Booker, um, he is trying hard. Um, so... It'll be interesting to see how he develops. I feel like Devin Booker is sort of stagnant right now, but I don't know if it's solely his fault. But at the same time, as we discussed last week, um, DeAndre Ayton was suspended for a significant amount of time, which definitely didn't help his cause. So, And again, it's, it's a criticism that not only he shares. Uh, guys like, uh, 
you know, who's, oh my gosh, who's on the line again? Who? Uh, Trey Young. Trey Young. You know, Trey Young has the same, you know, criticisms. You can't be putting up 40 points a game and and, <laughs> and losing games, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's just what it is. But both those guys are still young, uh, still room for them to grow. But absolutely, they need to start making playoffs and start winning if they want to be seen more than just, you know, high stat guys. Yep. All right, that's a great discussion on basketball. Yes, I think. basketball is going to start. Let's Soon. see what happens. Yeah. Uh, very excited. Go, go. I got go my Raptors ring on. Go. Let's win that championship like Vegas and Scottie Pippen is saying. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine if we went back-to-back? And I know, I know I've always and I'm gonna said buy this that is an asterisk championship, uh, but I don't give I a don't crap. Care if I, yeah. yeah, a championship is a championship, asterisk or not, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, you were you were telling me you were asking me something very interesting the other day, and you asked me, um, "Do we retire Kawhi Leonard's jersey?" Oh yes. And I had originally said no, um, but I did say uh, maybe in a if we don't win and it's like a twenty year anniversary. I think it depends when. Yeah, but at the same time, I think even if we do win and it's like a ten or fifteen year anniversary, I think you do retire his jersey. I think you retire his jersey anyway, which is it's well, he's just done something. Of. Yeah, he's just done something no one's ever done. Yeah. We he we, we hired a mercenary and he came in and it did exactly what yeah. we needed him he to do. He became Batman and yeah. took, took back Gotham. Yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, you know he didn't single handedly give us a championship, but he was a huge part of why we won a championship. So uh, you know, if I had to say in ten years or after he retires whether we retire him, I would say yeah, retire him. Why not? Uh, this guy, you know, was part of something historic. Yeah. completely historic something we've never seen yeah. and uh, again I'm a big fan of Kawhi I think he's awesome I really wish he would have stayed I think he was a great fit for Toronto um, but you know he wanted to go back home it is what it is now we're gonna have to beat him and the Clippers in the finals that's it it'll make it that much more sweeter it'll make it that much more sweeter and he has an opt-out clause after next year so maybe we get a little Giannis maybe we get a little Kawhi oh who knows God. what happens right so <laughs> oh my goodness uh, but anyways enough basketball talk this is the Wrestleball podcast so we do talk a little bit about wrestling here and is there well, there's a lot of wrestling to get through. So oh, yeah, it was a busy week. It was a busy week. Let's start off with AEW. I actually I had to return to work, so I didn't get to watch any of these uh, matches live. I caught some of the clips, but I know you watched it live. Tell me about AEW. So uh, Fighter Fest Night Two um, was this past Thursday. Um, it 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 offered a lot of matches, but because of uh, John Moxley's situation, didn't have that championship match, which mm-hmm. will be occurring against Brian Cage. We did get a kick-ass promo, um, though. We did get a kick-ass promo, which, which we'll get to. Um, but uh, yeah, they'll uh, they'll be fighting for a fight for the Fallen uh, this Wednesday, uh, which should be interesting. Um, but uh, getting into the first match was uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Um, the Omega Page, I guess I'll call them as a tag team. Uh, they fought Private Party, uh, who uh, got the number one contendership last week. Um, and uh, it was a great match. Um, Mark Quinn is a definite consummate. Uh, great uh, shooting star press done by him. It was caught a lot of air. It looked even better than Billy Kidsman's shooting star press, which many of you know uh, is one of the greatest, uh, I guess, I don't aerodynamic kind of human beings uh, in the cruiserweight in, in WCW, it was a good match. Um, I would say Private Party definitely gave them a fight uh, for their money. Unfortunately, they could not uh, push through and beat Kenny Omega and Adam Page, who are now undefeated as a tag team. They're ten and zero, quite impressive um, as a tag team. Um, 
I believe no one else came out, so that match was uh, just a simple start to Fighter Fest. Um, good match. Um, not much more can be said to that. Uh, Kenny and uh, Adam Page, um, they didn't have any of those quarrels that they appear to have, uh, but I guess they're just always hinting at it every now and again, as we know, AEW has those long... Yeah, I think, well, ultimately, uh, Private Party wasn't a team that was going to beat Kenny Omega. No. So it was a match that exactly what we thought was going to happen. And the Toro, Toro Fours were being worn by uh, Isaiah Cassidy. So but he's the young one. He's yeah. the 23-year-old. Yeah. Um, man, nice shoes. Man. Those are nice shoes, like. dude. <laughs> Those are really nice shoes. I I love... I just actually picked up... You, you know, I just bought the, the uh, grape... Uh, yeah, great thighs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love like out there shoes. I love shoes that are just super yeah. bright and vibrant. Yeah. And the Toro Fours is super. Well, nice. that's my that's my biggest thing with the top fives. Uh, sorry, um, the Jordan Fives. They're really bland shoes in my opinion. Very bland, yeah. And they just have a little bit of color on the sides and the edges, which is okay. But like this, I feel like you need a pop shoe if you're gonna buy. If you're gonna pay for that kind of money for it, you need a pop shoe. So, I know you're asking around. Um, okay, so yeah, if any of you guys listening are into shoes, I was contemplating between the Fire Reds, which is an OG colorway. A lot of people would have said pick those for sure. Um, but they're like you said, they're bland. They're oh, all white. And dude, they were bulky better. too. I had gone to the mall last week and I was picking these shoes up and there's like, it's it's a really like cement shoe. And what I mean by that is not like the cement colorway, but it's just, it's like, it's really heavy. It's not flexible at all. I feel like you could not wear that for too long. Yeah, you got to actually half size down on those apparently because they, 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 they run they, large. They look big. Uh, the other shoe was the top threes, uh, which have the great purple tongue plus the fire red on the side. And they're all black mostly. Uh, which are okay. Yeah. You can match those pretty easily. Yeah. They're, they're Black shoes. shoes. Yeah. You, you saw those in yeah. store as well, I did right? say those are a lot those are less softer. Bulky? Yes. Really? Yeah. That's were, surprising to me. Yeah, they were a lot. I like them better in terms of the feel. Yeah. Um, I don't like them in terms of the, I guess, la- the Colorway. lack of color yeah. on, on it. But it, it felt better than the Fire Reds. I felt like the Fire Reds are just too stiff. Yeah. Um, so I definitely like the top threes better in terms of the feel. Um, but again, and then finally, the third option was the uh, reverse grapes or grape ice, as they call them, which is just an all purple shoe uh, with hints of uh, emerald green, as they call it, or teal. Um, and those just pop. But now you didn't get a chance to see those live because they hadn't released they hadn't at released that time. Yeah. Uh, but from those pictures, I think you said those were the, the uh, best. Those the best yeah. out of the three yeah. to choose. I like the color. Um, that kind of purple is a little more darker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in the lighting, and I love shoes that change color in lightings because it really... Just makes it pop. Right? It makes it pop. Yeah. It gives you sort of that edge as well yeah. in terms of like, okay, I'm going to go out in the day maybe and wear these shoes and you're going to see a little bit more brighter purple or I'm going to go out in the night in these shoes and see... I got to look at that shoe for a little while longer, yeah. you know, just to see that color. So it makes it interesting too. And that's just my... My my you know my preferences when it when in, if I'm gonna buy Jordan shoes I want something that pops a little bit to yeah, me. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. So for me, um, yeah, I ended up getting the reverse. They didn't groups. come yet, did they? Uh, no, I should be getting them Monday. They have shipped. Uh, I got the tracking info and all that stuff, so, but they should uh, be coming in Monday. But let us know next week, I guess. Yeah, I'm excited for them. I think again, I, I like them a lot. I think the thing is, if I got the top threes, I have so many black shoes as it is. It yeah. wouldn't really make sense. You got sense. a lot of breads. Yeah, I got the bread fours. I have the infrared sixes. So oh, sorry. Yeah. The, those are very similar colorways. Um, I think definitely the inverse grape was the reverse grape was the way to go. Otherwise, I could have went with the fire reds, which is an OG colorway. I was really close. I had them in my cart, but uh, I just destiny. I, a little, yeah, a little plain. Destiny and wasn't calling. I guess destiny wasn't calling. But back to wrestling. This that, that segment was brought to you by Isaiah Cassidy and his <laughs> 
Uh, back to wrestling. What was the next match? We yeah. had Lance Archer, Joey Janela. So that match lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, Joey did give him a little bit of a fight. It was odd, but uh, it wasn't a great match. Um, Joey just took advantage here and there. He did have a good run, so it looks like there's a lot of respect between these guys. Joey did look like he lost a little bit of weight. Good. Um, so I, I, we were all scared at that, that he had become very complacent. I know they're doing a, a, a storyline with him teaming up with Sonny Rose, which I think kind of hurts Sonny Rose, but if it's something they want to do... Who's uh, Sonny Rose? Sonny Rose is sort of the wrestler who's a little more feminine with his character. Okay. Um, yeah, he's got like makeup on, and he's kind of got the booty shorts going on and whatnot. Okay. Um, I think he's a great wrestler. He does a lot of interesting moves. He's very athletic as well. He's yeah. very strong. Yeah. Um, so I think that sort of hurt Sonny Rose in terms of what he could do because Joey Janela is definitely a different kind of wrestler. Mm -hmm. um, he, he sort of like the little dog in the fight, but not like Marco Stunt little dog. He's just like little dog, little dog. Like Daniel Bryan. Sort of, but even like Daniel Bryan's a different level than... than yeah, a little, obviously uh, way more Way higher, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, it was a longer match than I thought it would, which I also think hurts Lance Ar Archer. Um, Jake how you, Roberts. How do you feel about Lance Archer? Because yeah. I was never sold on him. No, I'm still not sold on him. Um, he did a few good. He had a few good spots, but yeah. uh, I think he's in that Luchasaurus sort of category. Still learning. He's still learning. Um, there's great potential for him uh, to do something, but uh, I don't see it right now. It's definitely Jake Roberts is definitely great in his corner, but just because there's no storyline, like Cody Rhodes really pulled that character out of him, and that was Jake Roberts. That was all Jake Roberts. Oh, Jake Roberts promos for um, that. Oh man, I hate that guy. Just be on his promos, right? It. Yeah, he's 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 great. But he's great. Uh, he was sweating like a pig out there. Um, he just looked uncomfortable, and he was just it was like he was wearing a dress shirt, and it was just drenched sort of in his sweat. So he looked a little uncomfortable. I know he's a recovering addict, uh, so that could have been. And he's a lot older now too, so mm -hmm. I, um, that could have been it. I know he's had he had his water bottle with him as well, so uh, could be a little bit of a health thing there. But uh, he didn't really. He wasn't. He sort of almost cost Lance Archer the match. And mm -hmm. definitely that was part of the storytelling and not a mistake. Uh, so it looked, seemed like they were taking a step back from Lance Archer. So Now a little bit off topic. Do you feel AEW is, just has too many managers? I feel like a lot. They have a lot of managers right now. I think they're doing that because the guys are young. Mm, okay. um, so they, they just sort of want the guys with like Cody comes up with Arn Anderson. Yeah. Right. Um, well, Cody's cheating now, so that's a new <laughs> thing, right? Uh, Cody coming with Iron Anson is just strange to me, too. Uh, yeah, I just feel like they have a lot of managers. Yeah. Well, they try to incorporate a lot of the older guys, and I think that has a lot to do with Cody yeah. and who he can get his hands on. Uh -huh. um, it just, you know what it sort of does? It brings heritage to his organization. Um, Jake Roberts, um, uh, Terry Blanchard, who's with um, um, Ty Dillinger, uh, Sean Spears. Oh, Sean Spears, yeah. Um, it just sort of brings a little bit of heritage to AEW. Um, and I think that's why they're doing it right now. Those guys definitely won't be there forever. Yeah. Um, they're old, and uh, how long can you really have them there? But these are guys that want a little cut of the pie, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's why they're there. I, I agree with you that they definitely have a lot of managers, but I also want to state that they have, like, half their roster is under 26, 27, that's which true. is extremely young yeah. in wrestling. Usually you don't peak till you're, like, 35, and right. then you have maybe another 10 years at most. Yeah. So I think that's why they're doing it. So yeah, I agree with you that there are a lot of managers, but I also, it's to a point where they're they're trying to build that young talent, and we talked about that because that's going to be the next generation. That that's true. So, uh, yeah, uh, just something that popped up in my mind because it always seems like, especially when you see the results in text, it's always bracket this person, yeah. bracket that person. Yeah. Uh, just so many managers, and um, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, but that's cool. Uh, next match up. This is a pretty big one. 
Yeah, it's just so I, I'm going to call this the match of the night. I thought this should have been the uh, main event, which I think it was listed as the main event before Mox. Uh, sorry, after right after Mox uh, got canceled. Yeah, this was going to be the main event, but it looked like they shifted that um, and went with something a little different. And I think that had a lot to do with the NXT, which we're going to get into a little later mm-hmm. um, because there was a huge match at NXT. And I think Tony Khan and Cody strategized that uh, this may have been a better move. Uh, just because the way NXT was sort of laid out. But we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but I think this was the match of the night. So the match was Butcher and the Blade with the Lucha Brothers, um, which was Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix, uh, who faced uh, FTR. Um, and it's not F the Revival, as we, as we figured out, and, and the Young Bucks. Um, fantastic match. This was the longest match of the night. Um, my God. But this is the one we were hyping up last anyway, week. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, they, this eight-man tag was the one. I mean, these are... These are killers. Yeah. Like, all these guys can... Well, I, I really don't know too much about uh, uh, FTR. So, I'll give you guys... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll give you my MVP. And it's definitely the Lucha Brothers, by a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm going to go with uh, the Young Bucks, and there's no surprise there. Yeah. Um, the spots were amazing. There was a Canadian... What is it? Destroyer. Destroyer. Off the rope. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. good. I don't know how you get that momentum. Because yeah. it looked like... He didn't really... Because, uh, first of all, yeah. he was jumping off some dude's back. Yeah. So you can't get all that momentum from just the leap. All of a sudden, he once he grabs them, they just spin. spin. Oh, right onto everybody. Yes. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Very easy to botch that. Yeah. Oh, man. So And he didn't. Um, that was... Um, uh, Ray Phoenix, who actually knocked that move yeah, out of the yeah, park. Yeah, that's right. Um, Pentagon Jr. was amazing in this match. Well, I thought everything he did was perfect. What did I tell you, man? Yeah. Pentagon Jr. definitely needs to have a singles Push. run after this. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to see them win a tag title first yeah. and foremost, but uh, and I think they're there. He's definitely, you know, uh, first of all, he has a really good look, too. Yeah. His like his mask and his, everything. his whole look, he, he looks great. Everything. And he's not the fittest guy, I would say, but he's so, his footwork is one of the most precise and and perfected i think in all of wrestling right the way he moves the way he hits his moves you don't see botches from him um it's 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 precise the way he i think he's one of the most educated guys out there in the ring yeah uh, and the other thing too is these aren't small luchadors these are like they must these be are like big six guys feet at least yeah these are big luchadors yeah yeah so um, the Butcher and the Blade sort of let me down in this match. They were really plain. Um, FTR was also very plain. And we had a little discussion about this. And I feel that FTR is um, overrated. I just, I know they have a long history. I just. I don't see it. I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, actually, I was talking to my brother about this. Um, apparently in Edge's uh, documentary or whatever he had, um, when he was secretly training for his return, uh, it was one of the FTR guys that he was training with. Uh, so I think they have that kind of respect in the locker room. And that's um, probably what transcends. Exactly, yeah. So it's probably stuff that we don't actually see. Yeah. Um, again, even in WWE, I know they were tag champs and all that stuff, uh, but they never really felt that impressive no. as the revival. No. Well, I felt I felt that they were pushed too hard because it went from NXT WWE and they won the belt like instantly. Mm-hmm. No build up, no story, no nothing. So it's almost like 
we're just gonna give them the belt because they deserve it, which I never like. I like build up. I like a little bit of suspense. Well, you like that underdog story, right? Where yeah. you, you earn everything. Yeah. So I, I never felt that they were too great. So um, and they under they underperformed in this match as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Young Bucks and uh, Lucha Brothers were definitely the best parts of this match. Um, it all broke down in the end with I believe either Nick or Matt Jackson super kicking uh, one of the guys in FTR. Um, so by accident. Um, and then uh, Pentagon I, Jr. took over. I think he hit a crazy finisher, and that was all she wrote. I think that match, uh, well, eventual match with FTR versus the Young Bucks will really be telling on how good the FTR I is. Agree. Uh, we really haven't haven't seen anything yet, but it's not like they've been terrible. It's just we haven't really seen it. So yeah. I think that will be for at least for us, anyways, because we don't know too much about them. That'll be you know make or break for them in terms of how we see them in the future. Mm -hmm. um, but. You know, hopefully they're as good as advertised. Uh, I, I, you know, they've been tagged for a long time, so I'm sure they have really good chemistry. Um, we just have yet to see it. But yeah. um, going back, the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, for that matter, I think that's the other thing too. Is you got to remember, stylistically, they're very pleasing to watch. Yeah, very, very pleasing. Uh, they do the flippy stuff so well, uh, but they don't make it obnoxious. No. They don't make it obnoxious. Well, you never know when it's going to happen. Like the Canadian Destroyer off the rope. I didn't know that was going to happen. I thought he was going to jump over him yeah. and maybe hit him. I was like, okay, that's cool too. But the yeah. Canadian Destroyer yeah. from that, I've never seen that before. Yeah. It was amazing. It, they have subtle high, high risk maneuvers. Yeah. Which make them so interesting to watch. I know, And I know that wasn't the Young Bucks, but I believe it was either Matt or... Um, uh, Matt or Nick that were that was on the receiving end of the Canadian Destroyer. So you have which, to do something you trust, right? Well, that's the other thing too about that Canadian Destroyer is that the person who's receiving it is every much you know deserves As credit important, yeah, yeah. For, for that move to be pulled off so well. Yeah. Um, and the Young Bucks, we know they can do that stuff. Yeah, there might be they actually might be one of the best tag teams. Yeah. In wrestling, period, right now. Oh, so. for sure. Well, maybe even of all time, they they've been doing it. Their whole career, For rare, uh, forever. Right? Sorry, yeah. yeah. So I don't think they really ever had singles runs, um, at least not to my knowledge. No, New Japan, they're all his tag team. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think. Well, it's the, good for them because they're a little bit shorter. So, like, if they yes. were to go to single runs, it's not going to be as successful as they are as a tag team run. Um, and I love it, and I think everyone loves it. And you hear you hear Young Bucks, and you're like, oh boy, here we go, right? Yeah, that's right. right and I really like the fact that because I wasn't always big on the Young Bucks because I believe when they were in the indie scene. Uh, like I said, I, I don't like guys who just do too much flippy stuff and make it too obnoxious. And, and they were kind of like that. But that's just because that's how indie was at the time. They like to add humor to everything. So everybody gets super kicked, you know, yeah. and everybody, you know, it's funny and this and that. Um, but now that we see them in the big leagues, like especially in New Japan and AEW, uh, we saw, you know, they can have serious matches, incorporate all that good stuff, and, and, and it looks good, and it's visually pleasing and all of that stuff. Yeah, and I believe they wear Jordan's pretty frequently too they do Yeezy's yeah, everything yeah. they they got a nice sneaker collection as well yeah. uh yeah yeah i like them a lot so that match to me was the match of the night i'm gonna give the uh, uh the fighters of the night i'm gonna give the lucha brothers yeah um, and also the move of the night i'm giving it to uh, pentagon jr with either one of the jacksons and the king ray phoenix you mean ray phoenix sorry what did i say phoenix pentagon jr, jr. <laughs> oh sorry uh yeah. ray phoenix i thought i said i thought i said Phoenix Jr. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give these guys I'm gonna give this match probably the match of the night and I gotta agree with you. Move of the night, team of the night is yep. uh, Lucha Brothers. So um, moving on. 
Uh, so moving on, Nyla Rose defeated Kenzie Page and uh, how do we know who this other person is? Ky- Ky- Kylin King? Yeah, she. that was a two-minute match. Didn't really mean much. So at the end of the uh, match, uh, Nyla Rose said that she is also getting a manager. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, why not? I, I, so I don't know who that's going to be. That could be... Uh, um, ter- oh, what's her name again? Um, Brandy? No. That girl that got fired from Impact... Uh, te- te- Oh, um, Tessa Blanchard. I think it might be her. I, really I suspect because I believe AEW signed her. I really hope not. So she said she's. You're gonna find out soon. So I, yeah, actually, finish off your thought and then I was just gonna say that uh, a lot of the hype going into this match because it was, uh, it was advertised as Nyla Rose versus she's gonna compete, but they never announced Said the, who. who with who. And a lot of people thought it was gonna be Tessa Blanchard, uh, and I was really hoping it wasn't, and it wasn't, and I was happy. But now that you were saying that she might be here as a manager, oh no! And that's just me. Um, it, it it would make sense though. Her dad works for AW. Yeah. So Terry um, Blanchard, I believe, is her, her father. Yeah, who's also managing uh, like Sean you said, Spears. Sean Spears. Yeah. Um, I just I. I don't like, I don't like her. No, well, <laughs> she she's a weird. And to be honest, I don't know her. That's true. But based off of what I've read, and the she's rubbed a lot of wrestlers the wrong way. A lot of people are outspoken about her. Uh, based off of all of that, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I probably wouldn't like her if I met her as a person. <laughs> Um, that's it. Let's see what happens. But uh, anyways, that was a squash match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nyla Rose, you think she's going to be a champion again? <sighs> She will be a champion again. I don't. I just don't think she'll beat uh, Sheeta. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheeta will have to drop that belt to somebody at some time. I really was impressed with Penelope Ford. I know it wasn't a great match, but like really thinking about it, Penelope is in the realm of possibly winning a championship as well. So. You no, know, she kind of reminds me of um, Alexa Bliss when she was on her championship. Yes, right? just kind of the attitude and yes. uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like her better than uh, Kip Sabian. So. Well, Kip's, uh, well, they're just dating, so that's why yeah. they're together. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're married or not. but um, And, you know, credit to Kip Sabian, because I'm sure he doesn't want to have that role either to be the kind of the but he could. obnoxious yeah. little uh, weasel boyfriend. boyfriend. But it works. <laughs> it I, works. I find him better like that than than as a wrestler. And oh, you mean you don't like him individually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. I like him as a manager for her. Yeah. And well, I think that she, whole, uh, when they had their match uh, with uh, Sheeta and he comes out with a candlestick, loved it. Loved it. Loved I love it. that, yeah. I like yeah. the weasel move for him. I yeah. think it's a good look for him. Um, I do like that. But anyway... Um, uh, Nyla, I think, does... She's probably going to win another championship. She's one of those dominant ones. Remember, Co- Awesome Kong was supposed to be that character, and, right. and she got injured. Well, and I think the thing I really like about Nyla Rose, too, is she is uh, intent on learning. Yeah. Every time we see her, she's getting better. Yeah. Because um, when she first started out, people were giving her the Nijax treatment. Like, oh, they're so brutal. They still got so much to learn. Um, and I think that was somewhat warranted at the time. Uh, but you can't say that Nyla Rose isn't trying. She's trying. She mm-hmm. she's going out there learning. She's getting better every day. Yeah, her promos um, are good too. Her promos are very good. Yeah. Um, and she's she, she she's strong too. Like I feel like Nia Jax is a fake strong. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like she doesn't. I don't think she's she has Nia Jax. She doesn't have strength, and she doesn't do her moves properly because of that. Because of that, yeah. So she I don't know what she, I think she uses more. Um, Leverage, mm-hmm. which can be dangerous, yeah, because leverage doesn't have control, whereas strength you can control it, right? 
Um, so, and I think that's the problem with Nia Jax. I don't, I don't really want to talk about Nia Jax. No, so let's get back to, yeah. So going back to Nyla Rose, though, I, I, I do, I'm impressed with her work ethic, and I think she will be champion one day, again. Um, but like you said, uh, I'm not sure if she'll beat Cheetah, and I'm not sure if it'll be anytime soon, just because I do think she still has some developing to do. But yeah. um, she is on track, so good on her, um, and let's see what happens. Uh, I'm interested to see who her manager is. If it is Tessa Blanchard, oh, goodness gracious. It begins. Get... But it might be perfect, because if she's a heel, no one likes Tessa anyway. <laughs> it works perfectly, But right? people don't like Tessa in real life, yeah, not well, in kayfabe. Well... That's the thing. Like just like Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle has a lot of heat on him, but it's not working against him. It, it is what it is. Right? Fair enough. Sometimes that that happens, right? Fair enough. Um, another match on the card before we get into the main event, which was I actually didn't get to watch the main event. But anyways, going back to the next match: Colt Cabana, Dark Order, uh, and SoCal Uncensored. S C U. Um, that's a squash match. Yeah. Doesn't really mean much. Colt Cabana is still finding his way with Dark Order. So tell me a little bit about the storyline, because I was wondering why Colt is teaming up with Dark Order. Sort of happened when Brody Lee um, lost to John Moxley for the belt. I think mm-hmm. a month or two ago, um, he lost pretty convincingly. Yeah. Um, and Colt Cabana was on a losing streak as well. Uh, Brody Lee found him in the locker room and says, you know, loss is all about redemption. You can win, but you got to do it together. Sort of sold him on that, but Colt always seemed hesitant as Colt's one of Cody's guys, uh, in, uh, informally one of Cody's guys. So he would never really join Dark Order as Dark yeah. Order's had a little bit of beef at every fraction. Also, besides, the Dark Order's trash right now. Yeah, they're not anything important. No. Um, we're, we're really sad to see that uh, Brody Lee didn't really fly with it. <sighs> um, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, but they did win this match against uh, SoCal Uncensored, which is sad to see as SoCal has been taking a lot of losses lately, which is sort of leading me to believe that Scorpion Sky may break out soon mm-hmm. just because it's, I think it's hurting him. Um, which is so crazy. Because he just got his own theme music as well. You remember so. when Christopher Daniels uh, first unveiled himself as part of SCU um, and everyone was like, yeah, there was a lot of hype. this yeah. is awesome. And I, I agree. Like At that time, everyone thought SCU was going to be the next big thing. And they just kind of been, especially, it's, and it's not completely their fault because AEW has been pushing all these other really, 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 really good tag teams. So like, you know, when you got teams like the Lucha Brothers out there, uh, it, it's hard to be at the top there. Um, but SCU is a former tag team champ. Yeah. Well, they are. They were the first yeah. tag champions of That's AEW right. and they've sort of just fallen off the Fizzled map. off. But like, it. I mean, they lost to this match too. So, and to me, it doesn't, it doesn't. It, it adds to the Colt Cabana storyline with um, 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 Brody Lee, mm-hmm. but to me, that's already a weak storyline anyway. Um, it hurts SoCal Uncensored. To me, it hurts more Scorpion Sky than anybody else. Yeah. So to me, this match didn't mean like, so. No real winners. No really. winners. Yeah. No winners. Because at least if it was a younger team beating an older team, it would mean something. Mm-hmm. But this was just like it was adding to Colt's story, which to me, Colt Cabana is not a strong character to be pushing mm-hmm. in any respect. Because I don't see him as a champion. No offense. Well, and that's the other thing. It also makes the Dark Order look kind of weak when you're you're really campaigning to get this guy. Yeah. It really you, that's a great point, right? Like you want to be seen as a huge top faction, a scary faction. Like we look at the Bullet Club, they get real. And yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about New Japan, but they get real stars. They yeah. get champions. And these guys are going after Colt Cabana. It's kind of like, oh man. And this is part of the reason why I feel like Brody Lee, that Brody Brody Lee experiment has kind of failed. Yeah. Um 
and you know I loved him at, in WWE. I thought he, first of all, he's a good wrestler. He does super kicks. He does a lot of great move sets for a tall guy he like does him. Suicide dive, suicide, suicide yeah. Uh, and his promo skills aren't bad. His promo skills are actually pretty damn yeah. good. But they uh, changed the whole character up. He's like this guy who wears a business suit and speaks very calmly. Yes, and like uh, complete opposite of the uh, the Bray Wyatt Wyatt family. Yeah, he needs to be unhinged. That's what he needs to be, and I just feel like they haven't used him properly. Like you said, I think they need to get rid of him as the leader of the Dark Order. He needs to do his own thing. Obviously, the Matt Hardy would be a perfect, you know, prime person to have to lead that Dark Order, Um, or just fizzle the Dark Order out altogether. Because I don't know if it's really worked that well. They don't even have any championships. Um, they don't really have any strong members. Even there, even even when uh, Brody Lee fought uh, John Moxley, it was very lackluster, mm-hmm. um, which is unusual. Unusual because like Inner Circle does a beautiful job of 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 man that Jericho. I realize how great the promotion of Jericho versus Moxley was, mm-hmm. and all the things that the Inner Circle did. All of them, all yeah. the members, all they're the all members. just like little weasels. Yeah. Even we hate on Jake Hager, but he's perfect. Oh, he's a perfect weasel. Yeah, yeah. he's perfect for that like group, yeah. right? We hate on him a lot, but we hate on him for good reason, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. we love to hate him basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So it is what it is. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to give this match too much attention. <laughs> um, but before we talk about the main event, um, Taz comes out, cuts a promo uh, with yes. Brian Cage, the Machine. Great. I've promo. been watching a lot of videos of Brian Cage. Um, not only with Brody, um, sorry, not only with Keith Lee, uh, but with different guys. And he oh is amazing. Oh my goodness, that, what was it, a suplex on Keith Lee? Yeah, he just lifted the guy up like nothing. It was amazing. And obviously Keith Lee is definitely a guy you can trust with those kind of things. But yeah. he is, he is good, man. And I've been watching a lot of videos with him just in other, this other other opponents as well. Some I've heard of and some I'm not. And there have always been more or less big guys. Small guys I know he could definitely work with. Yeah. And the big guys are always a more interesting one as you're, huge bodybuilder I would say yes um, to show your real strength but anyway getting back to it Taz is a one of, a great promoter more or less sort of like it seems like MVP and Taz are sort of like oh they're mirroring each other each right other now. it's very and they're both doing great great yeah, yeah. Um, so Taz comes out he he has something covered up um, he talks a little bit about Moxley once again saying he's gonna he's gonna get his ass whooped at fight for the fallen yada 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 same thing has been said over and over again um, he didn't reveal what he has um, hidden, and it looks like a title belt, obviously, um, just based off the outline. Um, he reveals the FTW Championship, and he, he gifts it to Brian Cage. Now, now, sort of, what is the FTW Championship? Because even I didn't know. And, uh, no, I, I, didn't, I had no idea. I, I had followed ECW loosely um, mm-hmm. before they were bought by uh, Vince. Um, so the FTW Champion is actually um, something that Taz introduced back in ECW in 98. Um, he was supposed Taz was an uppercomer in 98 in ECW he was supposed to find Shane Douglas for the belt and Shane Douglas was the ECW heavyweight champion uh, for quite some time but it seemed like uh, Shane Douglas was ducking him mm-hmm. yes. um, also injuries too that why that's the reason that match they never, never happened really, yeah. which is one of the greatest ECW matches to not happen um, at that time at that time yeah anyway um, so basically, uh, Taz declared himself uh, his own version of the World Heavyweight Championship, which is the FTR, FTW uh, Championship. Um, basically, what they did was they reused the old ECW TV Championship with an orange strap and just put a bunch of Taz stickers on it, which yes. is like, pretty ghetto and funny at the same time. Yes. Um, but uh, Taz willingly lost that title to Sabu, Sabu right? yeah. in December of the same year. Um, and uh, funny enough, Sabu would take a duct tape and, and write Sabu over over Taz's name, which was completely funny. 
Um, but Taz then would get his chance to face Shane Douglas at a pay-per-view called Guilty for Charge. Um, and he became the ECW World Heavyweight Champion. He actually ended up holding the belt for the longest time. So it's sort of like a intercontinental. And I belt. believe he also eventually won the FTW belt back and basically merged them, merged or, the two back to the, yeah, made yeah. it back to the regular. One so it title. was a what do you call it, interim title? Yeah. Uh, for the uh, heavyweight uh, championship belt, um, there are a few different versions of this belt, um, but. Uh, it was just funny. It was also also a fun fact. The original ECW Television Championship was itself a replica of the original Winged Eagle WWE Championship oh, okay. belt, which is pretty funny. Um, and the Winged Eagle, for those of you, well, if you're listening to this podcast, you would probably know, but it's iconic. One of the that's a Bret Hart belt, is what I call it. <laughs> it seriously, I, I, it's icon- If you actually, if you look at the replica belts on that they sell at WWE, they have like all colored different straps versions of this belt. Yeah. Um, the Winged Eagle belt is one of the most iconic belts, I would say, uh, of all championship belts. Yeah. Also, another fun fact on that match with Sabu, um, Sabu had a broken jaw, which he taped with, which, which he taped essentially. <laughs> Sabu is a crazy guy. Sabu, so. well. A lot of those guys in ECW were crazy. So just based on that history, uh, giving that belt to Brian Cage, I think has a lot of oh, significance. Just a meaning. great promo, he's dude. It was an amazing. He's going in with a, a belt, belt right? yeah. Which is another sort of situation Taz is in with. Uh, it's just an interim belt, yeah. uh, which is super interesting. It gives a little more edge to it. I thought it was a great idea. I love that Taz did this. Um, Taz is killing it right now with the promote motions. I knew he was always good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, he was great on the uh, on the announce announcers table as well. Yes, I love that he took a step back and uh, did this. So uh, perfect, great yeah. promo. Yeah. I, I I paid attention to it. It was it was good. Well, and I almost feel like the fact that the match with Moxley has been postponed is only building up the hype for brian cage like you said now you've watched videos of him you're ready to see him you're gearing up to see him i've been waiting to dying to see him yeah. uh so this match when we finally get to see it with moxie well I, I guess the expectations are gonna be high now as well so if they put out a stinker a lot of people are gonna be upset but i really don't foresee that happening um and man i cannot wait that said you said he has a dark match coming up so he does have dark but before i talk about the dark match Okay, no, no, no. Let's talk about his dark match, and we'll go back to the main event for Fighter Fest. Sure. Um, so his he's gonna be fighting Brian Pillman Jr. this week on Dark, which is a day before um, Fight for the Fallen. Pretty unusual, right? Pretty unusual, but probably done purposely, um, just to finally see him in action. A little to appetizer, sure. yeah. This might be a minute or two match. Yeah. I don't, I don't foresee it going long. Now that said, I don't know if you saw the Brian Pillman match on Dark with. Um, I saw highlights. Um... I watched it. Sean Spears is terrible. Um, Brian Pillman was good. He hit. He, I think he had like five moves that were very interesting. Yeah, moves. I saw some innovative. Like he did something on the ground where he yeah. flipped around and kicked him in the head or something. Like I that. love his look, which is a um, uh, a mullet, which is what his father rocked just before his untimely death. Rest in peace. Right. Um, which I think is beautiful. It also adds to sort of that heritage. Yeah. I love that uh, he could. He's pretty athletic. Um, he's a high flyer as well, so yeah. um, they're just. I guess they're just gonna wait. This is probably gonna be a squash here for him to show what he can do. But just seeing that he's already being promoted to fight some guy like Brian Cage um, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a squash match, definitely to build up. I believe uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is um, I don't think he's really been training for too too long. Two years. Yeah. So he's relatively green to the industry. Yeah. Uh, so based off of what I saw, like. 
it's pretty good for a guy who's been in there, you know, for yeah. two years. Yeah. So I will definitely watch that. Definitely to see what Brian Cage can do, but obviously to see Brian Pillman's response. But I don't think it'll be a Brian Pillman. No, match. and it won't be anything. It won't be anything more than just yeah. to showcase Brian Cage. Uh, that said, I think it's really cool that you know you're bringing in Brian Pillman Jr. A guy, obviously, his dad has such a huge uh, following. Um, it's just nice to see, right? Yeah. So let's go back to the uh, main event: Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Oh, um, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So that was a decent match. That was actually the. S- well, that was the longest match, which makes sense. Yeah, um, this was events. airing at the same time as Keith Lee versus uh, uh, Adam Cole. Which man, I was watching. I was watching the uh, uh, Fighter Fest. So I was watching uh, um, Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy on my phone, and I was watching uh, NXT Adam Cole and Keith Lee on the TV, right? Just so I can sort of see what was going on between the matches. Well, so, you, we, we, you had to watch the Keith Lee. Fight. Yeah, that's the main event that yeah. uh, was needed to be watched. But anyway, um, just before we get into the Keith Lee fight, uh, the Chris Jericho Orange Cassidy match was more or less good. Um, nothing crazy. I think they definitely knew that people were probably not going to be tuned in uh, for this match. Orange Cassidy did come to play. He didn't really pull too many of his stupid pranks, um, okay. but he did trick Chris Jericho a few times with what he was doing. So okay. um, it was a good match overall, um, but not something that was super entertaining for as long as it went. But Orange Cassidy definitely came out to play. Uh, he fought very well. Uh, Chris Jericho did end up hitting the Judas effect on an actually good ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't well, think I, he would. I love the Judas effect. It's a good because every time he pulls it out, it's out, out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, he's he's following in Randy yeah. Orton's footsteps. So. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was it was a good ending. It was a good match. Um, not really the typical main event that we're used to seeing. But again, great on Jericho to fight with a guy like Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is a fan favorite, obviously. Yeah. Um, someone was writing something really interesting is that Orange Cassidy is more of a crowd guy, meaning that he needs a crowd to really get the pop. But when there's no pop there, it's kind of hard to sell him. I well, sort of believe that. It's his gimmick, right? Yeah. It's When he does his He's a cool little guy. funny stuff, yeah. you need the reaction or yeah. else it just looks kind of weird yeah. without the reaction uh, that said you know what I would really like to see between these two is a uh, um, extreme rules type match mm-hmm. I think like we had that little brawl that they had where they went into the the stands a little bit um, and I was like if we could get a full 15 minutes of this and we know Jericho has done extreme like he's, yeah, yeah, he he's does the thumbtack stuff yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. knows how to do it um, I would love to see that uh, and then we would get to see the unhinged uh, Orange Cassidy, which, yeah. you know, we've seen glimpses of it, and it's been phenomenal. Uh, I would love to see a match like that between these two. Hopefully, you know, they do that. I, I'm really not too sure where they're going with the storyline, but again, whoever Jericho works with, it's, it always works. Um, it just doesn't really feel too, too deep in terms of where it progresses. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, but going on, we might as well get right into uh, Great American Bash Night 2. Yeah. Uh, well, first and foremost, just generally speaking, um, who won the Wednesday Night Wars this week? I didn't check, actually. Um, but oh, I just mean personal opinion. Who do you Personal feel? opinion. I think... You got to go with Great American Bash. Yeah, and that's um, because of uh, the first ever double multi-single championship match sorry geez wow <laughs> i'm really tongue twister myself here <laughs> little uh, tongue twister there uh he's the first ever singles multi-championship holder in nxt which is keith lee um he defeated adam cole who's a 400 day plus holder of the nxt belt yes um so almost no surprise there i know the uh, results had leaked 
and a lot of people a lot of the wrestlers there try to um just pull a blind not a blind eye but to try to sidetrack saying that there are multiple endings, endings yeah uh, but i didn't think there was going to be a multiple ending as this is the guy that you're going to push to have a well a, first of all it would just be so cruel to take this away from him yeah you know people think that he's going to make history and then if you were to take that away from them yeah. it, it, it would just be bad publicity yeah um so first and foremost congratulations to keith lee man yeah anyone deserves it it's this guy this yeah. guy is he's got the makings of a, a superstar yeah um and i'll say the match had great storytelling um i i say this for not all matches but certain matches and this was one of the matches i had great storytelling from adam cole who looked like he was scared i was just gonna say adam cole made keith lee look like a million bucks yeah yeah adam cole is He's a great wrestler in his own right, obviously, 400-day yeah. champ. Um, but he was every bit as responsible for making Keith Lee look like dominant champ in, in this particular match as yeah. Keith Lee was. And we all know that Keith Lee's freaking amazing as yeah. well, as, especially in terms of wrestling ability, athletic ability. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm, I'm really happy to see it. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see this match live. Uh, what was your feelings when you saw it live? Oh, it was awesome. It was great. Like I said, great storytelling. Um, um, Keith Lee's own moveset was his own demise in terms of fighting Adam Cole. Like he smashed right through one of the glasses, which is great. Again, that's part of the storytelling. Mm -hmm. Adam Cole is someone who can utilize who you are. Yeah. You know, and make it your weakness. So Adam Cole had a lot to do with that. Um, Adam Cole had a lot of great moves. Unfortunately, just based on who Keith Lee is, just wasn't enough. Yes. Um, one thing I, I, I liked, but if you really wanted to sell a story a little bit more, yeah. was for um, um, Undisputed Era to get involved, which they didn't, mm. which I, I thought was a sign of respect as well. Mm -hmm. But I felt like if you guys really wanted to push Keith Lee a little bit more, which I also respect for not doing, um, you could have done. But again, uh, making this a one-on-one -on -one match also helps Adam Cole mm -hmm. to say that I've been a lot of guys... Obviously, I've, I've cheated sometimes, but refs never caught it. Mm -hmm. So I've been the champion. But one-on-one, -on -one, I just couldn't beat you. And, and that's fine. That's sort of the indirect way of saying it. Yeah. Um, so it was a good match. Had a great ending. Um, it was interesting. There were some times I thought Adam Cole was going to win. Mm -hmm. um, but knowing, like, they're probably not going that way. But again, it, it was a great storytelling match. I'm really happy that Keith Lee won the belt. Um, there are rumors right now flying about um, Adam Cole being pulled well, up. I was just about to ask. So what is the future? So we'll talk about Adam Cole first, and then we'll get to Keith Lee. Mm -hmm. What is the future for Adam Cole? Uh, well, the rumors are he's going to be brought up, but he's not he, not the Undisputed Era. <sighs> so here's my issue with uh, bringing him up. I think they're going to bury him. Yeah. Because uh, I think on the WWE roster, he's just, in terms of, first of all, physique, he doesn't fit. No. He's not as big as these guys, and we know how Vince McMahon is. Yeah. Very few guys of that size, you know, besides Daniel Bryan, yeah. really get pushed. Yeah. Um, even Finn Balor got pushed a little bit, and he, he looks, he's jacked to the core. Yeah. Uh, he had to go back to NXT, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, that's my worry for Adam Cole, especially like seeing what he can do, right? Like, he made Keith Lee look so good. I, I obviously Keith Lee made himself look really good as well, but uh, Adam Cole just he has really great matches. He makes people look really good. even his uh, street brawl, which I didn't really enjoy that much, but he still I thought brought it to uh, Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Um. So that's my worry if he gets brought up. Um. And the other thing I, I wasn't sure if Adam Cole 
wanted to be brought up because I know guys like Gargano and Ciampa, they stayed in NXT because they don't want to be called up. They like the schedule of NXT. They like not having to travel, um, and they're okay with the pay. Uh, and so I thought he was one of those guys as well. So I'm not sure uh, what's going on. So if you see him getting called up, what are your thoughts? No, uh, I would ask not to. And and, and um, again, to your point, they're going to squ- squash him. There's too much talent right now in the major brands. Um, if he does go somewhere, I would get, I would say go to SmackDown, fight with the Riddles, fight with AJ Styles. Those guys are perfect f- for your type of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, I don't think you you can't really go for a championship other than the U.S. belt, which I think uh, AJ Styles holds right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how far you go. I say keep him in NXT. Let this rivalry with Keith Lee go a little further. Um, get Undisputed Era involved in the next few matches to really make this and cement Keith Lee as a champion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope he, they don't need to call him up, so I don't know why they would. But the rumors, the rumor is that they're calling him, which doesn't make any sense to me because you just called up Riddle. This would also hurt Riddle's um, being called up because Riddle is the yeah, hot kid right now, yeah, right? Yeah. So I say you stay Keith Lee. I think you stay as well. Let Keith Lee have a little bit of a run. Adam Cole would be a great opponent. Finn Balor. Uh, Johnny Gargano but again Finn Balor Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole they're almost the same wrestler obviously Finn's a little more gifted Johnny's a little more gifted right. but we've seen this fight already and he already had a triple threat match uh, so what you do is maybe have him fight some of the bigger guys in NXT which they're starting to get uh, but again Keith Lee is going to be the king of the mountain right. um, so I think you have to let him go with Adam Cole for at least another three months um, they need to be feuding um, and, and, and sort of draw that out and just show that Keith Lee can beat the entire Undisputed Era. Right. And then perhaps you can make a decision at that point where the crowd sort of comes back and maybe um, uh, and Undisputed Era can come up with you, which I think is Adam Cole's strength. Mm-hmm. Um, to separate them would definitely be harmful to WWE, to the main brands, and, and to Adam Cole. And just to jump in here, I agree with you. I, you have a storyline that's writing itself. Why not stick to it? Yeah. Adam Cole versus... Uh, Keith Lee would be a, uh, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing storyline, and you you could run that out for six months if you wanted to. Yeah. Especially the fact that, like you said, he has undisputed era. We haven't seen Adam Cole with undisputed era versus Keith Lee, right? Yeah. Like, and that's part of his gimmick. The whole thing that he's a little bit sneaky sometimes, yeah. he's a little bit of a weasel sometimes. We have we didn't get to see that. Yeah. Um, why not? Let's see that. Yeah. Uh, and so- obviously, the other thing too is. Keith Lee probably won't be holding both titles for an entire six months, right? So yeah. why not? Maybe Adam Cole wins the North, the American. North American title, yeah. right? Maybe maybe that happens. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of cool things that could happen. Hopefully, Adam Cole doesn't get moved up. Now, going back to Keith Lee, what does this mean for Keith Lee? Is both titles now. Obviously, he's not going to be called up anytime soon. What's his future? Um, probably an Adam Cole feud, just being a dominant multi-champion mm-hmm. um, that's a lot of weight to put on someone's back but I think uh, Keith Lee is big enough to lift that weight yeah. or to carry no that weight intended, I should say yes. no pun intended um, so Keith Lee right now is the face of NXT uh, great face to have um, he's definitely going to do well um, He he's just going to ride the wave he's going to ride the hype again he's had great Royal Rumble uh, uh, well one Royal Rumble appearance with Brock Roman Reigns um, he showed that he can he can go. So it's it's just a matter of um, w- when, not if, when he gets called uh, to the main brand. But it's gonna be I think very specific. 
Um, it could be as soon as Royal Rumble next year if we can get crowds back, but they're not going to bring him back if there's no crowds being allowed yeah. because you need that pop for Keith Lee because Keith Lee really showed who he was against Brock. Brock was very impressed with him. Yeah, well, if you, you know too. Brock, right? Like, if he is... If you're on Brock's good side, you're yeah. good to go. I don't yeah. know if you saw that uh, uh, Reddit post the other day, but um, who was it? Curtis Axel. Yeah. Uh, so him and Brock are apparently friends. Friends, yeah. Um, and so to give... Curtis Axel a little bit of money. Uh, there's a three pack of figures that came out, yeah. and Brock Lesnar's like, I want Curtis Axel in that pack, and they so did that, yeah, so that he can make a little bit of money, and they yeah. did it. So I think the pack was him. Oh, who was the third guy? So it's Brock, Curtis Axel, and another really good guy. Oh, I yeah, forget. I forget the who it was, too, but it was yeah. like two legit stars, and then Curtis Axel. Yeah. I was just like, man, that's cool. Brock's a cool, dude. Do you think Zack Ryder has that? Zack Ryder has what? That that action those action figures? Oh, he definitely has those action figures. Oh, Zack Ryder is insane. I don't know where he's getting all this money from, but apparently, uh, rumor is he's been signed by AEW. Ooh, boo, woo, woo. Uh, the, I think the rumor came out because I showed you that picture where he sent uh, a little bit of the bubbly to um, Tony Khan. No, 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 Cody. Um, no, no. Oh, to uh, his buddy Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins, yes, yeah. sorry. Uh, on the birth of their new, uh, I think it's son. Anyways, they had a new baby, so congratulations. congratulations. Uh, I really like Kurt Hawkins. Uh, every time I watch their YouTube video, this guy's just really, he seems yeah. like a really good father, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, and second of all, he just seems like a really down-to-earth guy. Yeah. Uh, I really like him. But anyways, moving on, um, some other WWE we things. got some returns. Out. A little, oh man, this promo really broke my heart, man. Yeah, it was, we had some returns this week on Raw. Yeah, um, we did. Um, we're going to talk about Slater Gator. Heath Slater. Heath Slater. Who actually got released from WWE, but due to a... 90-day clause not permitting him to do nothing non-WWE related. He could still appear. So basically, he did the show for free, yeah. more or less. Yeah. Uh, Ziggler, um, also a guy that I love to hate, but I just hate him generally. It just seems like a slimy guy. Uh, but maybe that's his character as well. I heard he's a very good guy. I know he supports the LBGT plus community. Um, as you always seeing him wear his, uh, I think it's a bandana that's a rainbow. Mm -hmm. um, so good on him. So I think he's actually a good guy, but he's a great heel. Um, he brought, uh, so he he's a great deal. He, you know, one of my favorite storylines with him was when he came out to no music. Yeah. Those are good. Yeah. That was a good run. That yeah. was a really good run for him. But so, anyways, going on. Yeah. So he's going to be fighting, um, uh, Drew McIntyre at extreme rules in about two weeks or maybe a week. Mm -hmm. Um, so Obviously, not really a main a main eventer kind of guy anymore. He's sort of like a mid mid card gold. High mid card, yeah. Yeah, mid yeah uh, high mid card guy. So uh, I thought it was great to do this, and obviously Ziggler and Drew McIntyre are friends, and obviously Drew McIntyre and our boy Heath Slater are friends as well. And I think these guys are all friends, so I think mm -hmm. it was awesome that Ziggler and Drew. I don't know who really came up with it, but I I, I love that they brought Heath Slater back. We all mm -hmm. love Heath Slater. Um, Broke my heart though. Yeah, uh, great promo. Super good promo. Oh, man. It's just... And, and the great thing, too, is Heath Slater came back to get run over by Drew McIntyre. And he probably didn't even mind. Yeah. So it was still a squash match. Um, but it was just... It broke my heart. Especially at the end when, when Drew McIntyre, you know, extends his hand. And Heath, Heath Slater actually looked like he was tearing up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then they both raised their hands together. But you know why I think he was... So I'll give you a little backstory to it, too. So... It, it all started with um, Ziggler bringing... He's like, I have a friend here who... Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. 
And he comes in, he says, well, where were you when I got That's fired? Right. Because when you got fired, who called you every day on the phone? Yeah. Um, yada, yada, yada. You know, I was there for you. But when I got fired, where were you for me? And, and, and it built yeah. on and that a little bit of anger. Yeah, and, and the whole thing was that uh, Drew McIntyre said, uh, I'm going to petition to have a match with you. When yeah. he became champion, yeah. said, we're going to have a match. And so Slater is like, I want what I was owed yeah. kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, my God, yeah. this is so hard. And I love Heath Slater. I've seen him on. He's he's He was a regular, not a regular, but uh, occasional guest on that uh, Wrestle Figure podcast, the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. Um, and he's just a really cool down-to-earth guy, really nice. He's also an up-up, down-down a lot. Um, and he's always come off as really just genuine. Yeah. Uh, and I really hope he comes... Well, I hope he fulfills the prophecy, man. And like so, you said, he looks a little bigger. Hold on. What's the prophecy? What's the prophecy? You get released... You come back jacked, you win the title. We call it the 3MB prophecy. The 3MB prophecy, yes, that's right. Um, and that would be so cool, too, if they brought back the 3MB, but like in a serious stable. And, and fight the shield. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be awesome, in my opinion. Some alternate Rick and Morty universe. The universe, but, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so I'll, go, I'll get back to it. Uh, basically, he loses in about a minute or two. Um, just to propel Drew McIntyre. Not even a minute. It's like 30 seconds. He's got a big right. more kick. And then, and then you see Drew kind of leave kind of sad because, you know, he just beat up his friend. And then no, you no. See Ziggler comes in and then they fight a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but then Drew goes to, I think Drew goes up the ramp comes and then back, he comes back safe. down because he sees Ziggler kind yeah. of harassing yeah. Heath Slater for losing so quickly and then uh, he saves him. Yeah, makes the and save. then uh, I like this. I know you didn't like it, because he saw him tearing up, but I liked it because it showed that, you know. It's not that I didn't like the promo. It's not, just sorry, not, you felt bad. Sorry. Felt so bad yeah. for, uh, for us later. But I felt it was a good send off for a few reasons. So you're still friends with him at the end that they showed that yeah. sort of with the arm right. raising and whatnot. Right. Um, obviously, uh, uh, he was ter- teary-eyed, but I think teary-eyed for a different reason. I think he was so happy for Drew McIntyre because there was a, I believe it was a Zoom call that was online showing them and and Keith was saying how happy he was for Drew and he always knew that he could do it and I think he said his uh, Drew's mother I think passed away mm-hmm. not too long ago and he said I know she'd be so happy and that's when they both started getting choked up on it I was watching it and I got choked up just mm-hmm. to see the emotion coming out of of Heath Slater yeah. um I was so happy for him I love his look uh he he looks a lot better now um, I think he's working on that physique thing yeah. because obviously Jinder Mahal, who's we haven't talked about at all. Um, I don't really know what's going guys, on with Jinder right now. He's coming back. Is he? They're originally trying to push him with Drew, and it's sort of they don't want to do it yet. It looks like. Yeah. Um, so push it, him as in they're gonna face face each other. Okay, that yeah. would make sense. But I don't think they're gonna do it yet. Yeah. Uh, so they're holding it back on that. Um, but. Uh, uh, you can see how good of a guy Heath Slater really is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why he was being choked up. That like, yeah, he said he would give me a, sh- a shot, you know, yes. when the time came, and this is how I he did it. What's so. owed to me? So um, just a great guy overall. Yeah. Um, he's lasted longer than both Jinder and Drew as in terms of consistent years. Oh, for sure. But now it's his turn to. And the other thing too is I think financially he's probably set based off of his tenure with WWE. We we know that WWE pays well. Yeah. Um, but I just, I want to see him back. <laughs> I want to see him back. And he was a tag champion with uh, Rhino. And I believe he held a minor title as well, a singles title, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Well, that's the other thing about Heath is that, he, uh, like he said himself, 
They've been giving him chicken shit over the past years, and he's been making chicken salad. Yeah. Uh, so. And Cena even said, and Cena only picks up the guys that matter. He said, they always give you an inch, but somehow you bring it to a mile. Yeah. John Cena being a good guy, but also John Cena calling it like he sees it. So. Yeah. Um, Heath Slater, like this is our appreciation thread for you. Uh, you don't get enough love, but yo, fulfill that prophecy. I I, I want to see it. That's right. And if anybody knows a thing about giving terrible gimmicks, let's be real. John Cena's made a whole career out of a terrible gimmick. Yeah. To be quite honest, yeah. He was essentially, uh, I I don't want to use this word, but a quote unquote, you know, yeah, rapper, rapper, gangster, gangster. Yeah, guy. yeah. So you know the word I'm thinking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't say that, <laughs> but we don't say that on the Russell Ball podcast. Yeah. But that's what they brought him in as when he originally came in. He just outperformed everything and became a mega, mega, mega star. Yeah, and the uh, the other return was um, uh, 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 Kari Sane. Um, oh, she yes. came back. She came back. She fought um, nice. Sasha Banks. Oh, sorry. She yeah. She fought Sasha Banks. Uh, she won that match, I believe. I, yeah, she did win that match. So uh, just hyping up the match between Sasha and Oscar. Uh, um, um, uh, uh, it's great title. to see Kari. She's going to be gone from WWE soon as she recently got married and sort of wants to start her life yes. and finish off her career. She'll finish it off in, again, Japan. She thinks she'll have about a year there and then she'll she'll just go and That's start right. the next chapter in her life. It was great to see her back. Her moves are great. Uh, funny enough that I had a dream last night um, about uh, Bailey, uh, sorry, Sasha Banks not being able to beat Bailey. Uh, sorry, Sasha Banks not being able to beat Asuka. Then Bailey stepping in to fight Asuka and beat Asuka, becoming three belt Bailey. Yes. And then Sasha was kind of pissed about it. And that was sort of where my dream ended, which I thought was. So it was great. so funny because we talked about this morning and we both had the same outcome but different ways of getting there. Yeah. So I said, you know what, it would be really cool if Bailey won, gives the belt to Sasha. And then Sasha like naively starts portraying herself as champ, but then slowly eats away at her. But you're saying the opposite. Well, not really the opposite, but Bailey has it, and that slowly eats that's away at her. But yeah. eventually, there's a heel turn in both, yeah. uh, you know, storylines. Yeah. And I think uh, that's what obviously that's going to happen in the long term, uh, no doubt. Um, well, this Karen gimmick is too good. Really good. Bailey's just been killing it. Killing Sasha's it. been killing it. Yeah. Uh, they've been really, they've been trolling on, on Instagram as well. I know even Booker T uh, messaged them back saying, you know, because uh, I think they said they were better than, than the Harlem Heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Booker T like kind of responded back. I don't know if it was KB or not, but he seemed pretty serious about it. Yeah. And you could totally tell that Sasha's just messing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but she's got a lot of respect for the business. Oh, so. for sure. It was great to see Kari back. Yes. Um, I don't know what the future holds for her, but uh, I hope she has another tag run with Asuka. I don't know how that would work out as Asuka's the champion, but yeah, whatever I'm happens. Not really sure. And by the way, I, I think Asuka's been doing really well. She too. has been doing very well. She's she's really come out on her own. Yeah. Um, well, she can since, do it. Ever since they allowed them to promo in Japanese... Yeah, she's amazing. It's funny. They've been killing. She's funny. Yeah. She does everything. She's funny. Yeah. She can be How, serious. Can you can you imagine that she can't? She does not. She's she's speaking like ninety percent Japanese. Yes. And getting away with these promos, and they're still good because they're they're not only funny, they're also serious. She's making fun of them, and you know it too, right? She and she's clowning around. And by all accounts, people love her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, backstage, like I, I know, I think Bailey and her are good friends. Bailey was actually one of the when she first Advocates. came to America. Uh, she was the one teaching her English. Uh -huh. uh, so they have like a friendship that goes way back. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I know Sasha are, are friends with her as well. Um, just, you know, people love Asuka. Um, and I think for good reason, consummate professional. She's an amazing wrestler. I don't know if you saw that little uh, clip where she accidentally hits Bailey harder than she should yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gives yeah, a little yeah, nod yeah. like, are you okay? Consummate yeah. professional, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's what I love to see is, you know, 
wrestlers taking care of each other. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So Kari Sane, hopefully you have one last good run. Uh, I really don't think that, as we talked about last week, I don't think the WWE has treated you well on the main roster. I thought you had a really great NXT run. Uh, so hopefully, at least you get to end off on a good note. Yeah. Uh, the one thing, last thing I want to talk about WWE before we move on to uh, New Japan and Japanese wrestling is MVP. MVP. So, so la- last week, MVP yeah. beat uh, Apollo Crews in a non-title match. Um, MVP then proceeds, and this is before Taz released his F. FTW belt, belt uh, to, 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 to show the new uh, United States champion, which he crowned on himself. <laughs> which, by the way, a huge heel is a really nice belt. Uh, I really like the new design. Yeah. Um, but I just like the parallels between AEW, well, specifically Taz and, and, and MVP. Yeah. Um, and I think this is going to go on for a little while. I think right now I have to give it to MVP, um, but they're so neck and neck right now. Yeah. Almost everything is so similar to Yeah. Um, but really awesome. Really well, it was, cool. It's a great heel move Yeah. Um, to bring your own championship belt. I know you were saying that and, and thinking about it, you're absolutely right. This is the exact heel move that you need to do. And I hate MVP, so yeah. he's doing a great job. Well, the other thing too is... Guys, when I say hate as well, it just means like... Kayfabe. Yeah, yeah, kayfabe. yeah. Love to hate. Yeah, love to Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the thing about why it's so heelish too is because he's, what, 48. Yeah. <laughs> he just crowned himself champ. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's dude, funny, yeah. just... Great. Ultimate heel, right? So he will be facing Apollo Crews for the United States belt, I believe, at Extreme Rules. Now the question is, how does Bobby Lashley work into all of yeah. this? Because I'm, you know, yeah, I don't know because Bobby Lashley's supposed to be vying for a belt, so it's kind of odd to see MVP going for a United States belt. But very possibly um, MVP winning the belt from Apollo Crews, which I think needs to happen. I think Apollo Crews had a decent run, but he's not really a guy with a gimmick, and we all know what we think about guys without gimmicks. He's just sort of the positive guy. Yeah, um, positive that, guy, yeah. yeah. He's just a positive guy uh, that deservant of the belt because of his abilities. That's right. Also in uh, WWE news, um, Sarah Rowe is pregnant. Yes, uh, which is... What was her wrestling name again? Sarah Logan? Yeah. Sarah Logan. So we learned she was, and she was released. Yes. Um, so uh, Quietly released because I just remember she was there and then she was gone. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, one thing I really love about this story and why I sort of want to highlight it as um, we always try to talk about positive things here. Um, this is Eric's, Eric's her either a boyfriend, fiance or husband. I'm not sure. So I'm going to say all three. Yes. Um, but they're together. Um, something that I really liked. Um, and this is Eric speaking. And Eric is the cuter of the two uh, Viking Raiders. Um, so I'll let you guys figure out who, who that is. But anyway, um, basically, uh, he said that we had been planning on having kids in a couple of years. But with COVID... And with uh, Sarah Rowe um, being let go from WWE earlier this year, um, we said, you know, why are we waiting anymore? And I think the story of our relationship and my life is turning negatives into positive, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. All the luck to them. I'm very happy for you guys. Um, yeah. That's- well, I think she's also doing her own thing. I know she released a cookbook, uh, which is pretty cool. And I think she's doing a YouTube thing uh, now, which is cool. Like, yeah. do what you do love. Do what you right? got to do, Yeah, man. do what yeah. you got to do. Love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's follow your passions, right? So yeah. that's cool. And like you said, turn your negative negatives into positives. Uh, really cool story uh, coming out. You know, obviously when she got released, that's not great news for anybody. But uh, turn negatives into positive and, yeah. and continue on that path. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, your child has a nice uh, upbringing, upbringing uh, especially in today's dark world, right? So. 
Uh, moving on, though, I, I guess that's it for WWE. Yeah, I believe so. SmackDown was a blow. Uh, it was terrible. Well, we already talked but, about how uh, bad it was last week, too. Yeah. Um, next week, we'll have Matt Riddle versus AJ Styles for the belt. That should be interesting. Um, Matt Riddle's a polarizing guy as well. Uh, he's come out um, and uh, said a uh, few, few of the things that had been said about him was true. I believe it was just the affair that was true. Yes, the affair was true. Um, but um, his doesn't seem to be stopping his momentum. It's only adding on to his fire. So he's one of those guys that... Well, I just want all of that stuff to play out yeah. the way it plays out before we yeah. really, really discuss it. And I, I think I jumped the gun earlier uh, in the previous podcast about discussing it. And, you know, I apologize for that. Let's see how it plays out before we make any conclusions. So um, does he beat him? AJ Styles? Styles? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, first and foremost, AJ is a guy that really should have a title on him at all times. Yeah. And I think losing to Riddle would not be a great look no. for him. Uh, you know who I would love to see, though? John who? Morrison. John Morrison. I would awesome. love to see John him Morrison as AJ Styles. Woo! Well, I would love to just see John Morrison have a belt. But yeah, that match would be insane. Because yeah. first of all, right now, I think John Morrison's the best wrestler that I've seen in WWE right now. Those are right bold now. words, my friend. Because AJ, Sty- AJ Styles would like... Uh, I would like a comment on that. Is that is that how the saying goes? Uh, I think I would well, like that. a word. Like, like, like a word. A word. <laughs> AJ Styles would like a word, but just from what I've That's seen, fair. John Morrison has been incredible. Well, he, his match with Matt Riddle is still one like a Ooh. really. I think that was SmackDown match of the year. Not and not no offense to AJ Styles. I just feel like he hasn't had any opponents to his tier. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, John Morrison is. I I, I think technically Johnny speaking, uh, he's just and he's always been a guy who was really high on the technical scale uh, like people love johnny mundo um i think it was the, the only thing in when he was with uh, trip was triple a AAA or lucha underground was the fact that uh, he had some drama backstage i think it was because he was dating somebody at the time and, and i don't really want to get into it because i don't know too much about it but uh from what we've seen of him now right now oof, dude looks phenomenal mm-hmm phenomenal yeah <laughs> phenomenal oh my goodness so maybe it's p2 maybe we got p2, p2. if it ain't p2 we don't want none <laughs> or we want some i guess but yeah uh age of styles versus uh johnny john Mo- johnny johnny mundo mundo would be <laughs> freaking amazing yeah. that said um let's see what aj styles and and riddle do right yeah. because like you said riddle had a good match with morrison yeah by all accounts, he should have a great, a great match, match with AJ Styles. Which he did. The first match was really good yeah. as well. And he, and Matt Riddle beat him. So. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's so, right. And this, is, this will be for the marbles. So, yes. Uh, that's it. That yeah. is correct. Um, so, I, yeah, I guess that's it for WWE. Um, now, New Japan. Woo! Okay, so there's a lot of news coming out of New Japan. Quite honestly, I wasn't really following it until you told me about it. I started reading about it. I started watching some of the clips. And I can't believe, because obviously they had stopped for a long while because of the COVID situation. Um, but they've started back up and right off the bat, right off the gate, they've had a huge storyline, huge belt changes. So for those of you who are unaware, um, I remember when we talked about this in January, we were talking about the top wrestlers and we had mentioned Nato probably would have been a top wrestler uh, last year had he won both titles, which he won in January, early January uh, last year. But anyways, so at that point, Nato is the IC champ. He's also the heavyweight champ. Um, They hold a tournament called the Japan Cup and one of his boys, uh, Evil, who fun fact is engaged to Io Shirai, um, anyways, one of his boys, so e- Evil is affiliated with um, Los Inglornables 
Dosh Japan or whatever they're called. Uh, Lij for short. He ends up winning the cup over Okada in the finals. Nato comes out obviously to um, congratulate his buddy, uh, but obviously they know they're going to have to fight each other because the whole purpose of that cup winner gets to mm-hmm. contend. Uh, and as Nato puts up his New Japan props thing, what does Evil do? He switches factions, throws up the two sweet, beats down Nato, joins the Bullet Club. Oh my goodness. So huge right off the bat. And we're talking about a guy, Evil, has never been a contender. He, I think he, at most he was a tag title champ. Mm. And tell me, who did he beat? Oh, so right off... So, uh, New Japan Dominion, which is where the you know the match, the championship match happened right the next day, and he beats NATO for both titles. So now we got a title change, a double title change. First and foremost, one of the most because before NATO there was no double champ. This NATO was the first one, and to have a guy like Evil win that is huge. Uh, and the way he won it too, uh, so I, some guy named. Dick Togo, I don't know who that is, but uh, he comes out. He interferes in, obviously, uh, Bullet Club style, interferes, and uh, Evil ends up beating Nato for uh, the, the double championship. So, just incredible, like... Storytelling. Well, storytelling, huge, huge... Shifts and Shifts and title changes, yeah. everything. Um, the fact that he beat Okada in the finals, that's huge. Okada, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. yeah. The fact that he beat... First and foremost, the fact that he beat Okada in the finals. The golden boy. Yeah, yeah. the golden boy. This is like... That's, you know, Seth, they're, this is their Seth Rollins, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Um, and he beat him. Uh, you know... <sighs> Big things for evil. Um, it was a good push. It was a huge push. And uh, again, I, I don't really know too much about evil because, again, he's always been like a tag team well, type guy. You're about to find out a lot about evil. Yes. Uh, but from what I've seen, and he has a good look too. He, he, he does the makeup similar to uh, Io Shirai. Uh, Io Shirai probably got a lot of her uh, look based off of evil. Um, and evil's whole thing is he's the king of darkness. He wears the mascara underneath the eyes. He, he looks cool. He's got the dye here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, now now we got a Bullet Club, LIJ feud for sure. Uh, we got a huge change. Now Bullet Club has both titles. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I, I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. Um, there was a lot of other stuff that happened. I believe the tag titles had changed on Dominion as well. I forget if Zack Sabre Jr. And, and his partner, I forget who his partner was, they also won the tag titles over someone big as well i think i want to say okada and somebody oh shoot yeah um but to be quite honest i didn't watch the whole event or any of the event to be quite honest i just saw clips of this main event and i i had to mention it do more research we'll talk about new japan more next week uh but i just wanted to mention that because holy cow new japan is back now we got wwe we got AEW, we got new japan yeah, it was. It, it, I, I would love to see NATO and uh, Okada um, sort of try and fight the Bullet Club. Um, oh. I think that would be awesome. And don't forget, Gallows and Anderson are on their way back to New Japan yeah, as so well. They could cause. They could create a faction with them and yes. uh, fight Bullet Club, which could yeah. very well be on uh, on the move That's because right. uh, they were Bullet Club at a point as well. But yeah. as we've seen, new Bullet Club members and old Bullet Club members um, may not mix. That's right. So. And Okada actually has his own faction too. I forget what his faction is called. 
Uh, oh man, it slips on my mind. Yeah. Um, but so there's a lot of good it factions happen, in New yeah. Japan. Uh, and remember where we left off last year? I said that New Japan was the top dog at that time. Yeah. I thought they were killing it. Um, unfortunately, COVID happened and they they shut down completely. Uh, but now we're right back in the mix. AEW has been looking amazing. Yeah. Um, WWE. Eh? It's been all right. Yeah. Uh, but there are always going to be players in the game. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. Wrestling is alive and well, and I, I'm super excited to see what happens. But just wanted to mention that new champ, Evil. <laughs> IC and IWGP World Heavyweight Champ. Ridiculous. Also, uh, something that was really nice to see um, was the Tokyo Cyber Squad uh, saluted Hana, who unfortunately passed... Uh, rest in peace. Yes. Uh, so it was very nice thing to see um, this all of them just getting together and, and recognizing her for her contributions uh, to the sport. Yeah, and it's it's really just really cool. Again, she was young, so the fact that she had such impact uh, being so young um, really was impressive. Uh, you know, very telling about her. Yeah. And what she has done for the sport. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna have to try to try to catch up with uh, New Japan. Yes, well, so will I. Again, I didn't watch the events and until you told me about it. I really didn't know that all of this stuff was going on. It was so. trending pretty hard. So I was like, yeah, okay, we definitely got to mm-hmm. at least talk about it in, mm-hmm. in some respect. And it's, from what you're saying, it sounds like extremely exciting yeah. um, shifts. And I and just based on what you're telling me, because I know Okada and NATO were the guys. They yeah. were the guys that yes. were feuding. Yes. Um, it was, they, they were having outstanding matches, and yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing to see that not only did Okada lose, but NATO lost as well. So um, NATO huge. is one of my favorite guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I yeah. love Nate. I love his gimmick. I love LIJ, um, which again, uh, Andrade was part of the LIJ in, mm. or not sorry, not LIJ, but LI, I guess you could yeah. say, yeah, back in Mexico. Um, so they just have a really cool gimmick. I love it. Um, and yeah, now the two top players, no belts, and you got a guy like Evil holding both belts, part of the Bullet Club. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's I'm, we were too focused on the Wednesday Night Wars. Totally forgot about Japan. Yeah. Uh, and it's back, and I, I couldn't be more happy. Let's see what happens. Wrestling is is really gonna be something special for the next, you know, for yeah, the rest wow. of this year, remainder yeah. of this year for sure. Um, but I guess that's it for wrestling for the week. Now, one of the biggest things that happened was you. What is this? UFC two fifty one, I believe. Two fifty one. Yeah. Huge event on paper. When we, uh, you know, we were hyping this up all of last week. Yeah. Um, we watched this together last night. Uh, first and foremost, what are your overall thoughts of the events? Um, I don't. It was interesting to see it. Uh, Fight Island is in Abu Dhabi. Uh, just an island off. I forget what's yes, yes. Yas Island. Yeah. Um, it was sort of just. It looked like it was built in maybe a, a week. Uh, it just had like sort a of a dome. skeleton with yeah. Like if you ever went to York University, it felt like oh my god, <laughs> one of those oh, you know like Pan American Game domes yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's a graduation dome basically. Yes, yeah. And super hot and you just name it. It was anyway. Um, it looked like it was built fairly quickly. Um, Overall, probably a great event. They had an early prelim, they had the prelims, and then they had the main card. The main card was definitely stacked. I watched a little bit of the early prelims, which were okay as well. Overall, I didn't think it had the pop that it needed to have. Um, it wasn't but, as exciting as I thought it was. But it wasn't, it wasn't the fault of UFC. They, no. put up, they set up great matches. Mm-hmm. It just, the wrestlers, or sorry, the fighters just seemed to be a little more 
passive yeah. conservative but at the same time it's just it was no really high level to, yeah that's the problem right yeah. when you have high level mma like that yeah. you're gonna have stalemates and and and, yeah. and so and so forth so uh yeah a lot of long matches um yeah we had uh what three three decisions on the main card alone yeah and even like the, the peter yen where yeah, that he went got the, the knuckle went all the way to the fifth round yeah so um, let's go through the matches. Let's start from the beginning. Um, we'll start off right off the bat with Amanda Rivas yep. versus Paige, Paige Van Zandt. Um, not really much to say about that one. She Paige, lost in like three minutes. Maybe Paige has always been a tough fighter, but it's clear at this point her head's not in it. It's clear at this point that she's not even remotely close to being a contender. She never really was. Uh, and I think she's even taken a step back in terms of her skill sets. Um, again, she's a tough fighter mentally, but uh, that's not enough. And you gotta have some skill. Yeah. Um, and it's just the difference was nine day. Yeah. Uh, Rebus nose started bleeding really early. Yeah. And we'll get into this whole nose bleeding thing. <laughs> a reoccurring theme, it seemed that way. Yeah. But uh, could be the dry air. Could be a lot of things. But yeah. I gotta say, if I'm Paige, retire, hang him up, do something else. Which is odd because she's only eight and five. Which I means she hasn't had a lot of matches, but she no. just hasn't been very successful either. No, well, you remember when she was uh, being built up? It was her and what's his name again? The really jacked guy. We talked about him last week a little bit. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the guy's name. Uh, Bleach blonde here. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, those two are being built up because obviously they're they're beautiful people. Sage Northcutt. Sage Northcutt. Yeah, they're both very good looking people. Um, and I think the UFC really wanted to build them up, but the, the, the skill set's just not there. I think she's doing a lot of stuff on in terms of modeling and Instagram and all that stuff. If you're making good cash flow just there, just that. stick to that yeah. because, you quite break, honestly, yeah. You could break your nose at any second, then that's you, it for your career. Yeah, MMA is a very, like, they're almost contradictory uh, professions, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, I don't think you're really going to make it too far in MMA. You might as well uh, make the money elsewhere while you still can, too. Yeah. Um, so moving on though, um, Amanda looked really good, and actually she was really, really uh, positive in her post fight. I thought she was really. She, so yeah, she made a fan out of me. She was really uh, cute, really funny. Uh, I liked her a lot. So uh, let's see what she holds uh, in terms. I think she's moving down. She said right yeah. after this, which was weird to me. She moved up for this fight, and then she's gonna move down. She said she doesn't like. She feels too heavy. She feels mm -hmm. too bloated. Yeah. Um, she doesn't like to see that belly fat <laughs> on her, which I I, I was, like, hardly I saw anything. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, like, I thought oh, she looked wow. great. But so she must have like a twelve pack. Yeah, I just don't clearly see it. right. So um, good, yeah. good for her. Good and, for her. Uh, good good win, yeah. and she looked good. It was a very like clean win, and and that transition oh, actually was really nice into that armbar. That was it was perfect. Very perfect. nice transition. Yeah. Uh, now the first match, a real like really good match, was the Andrade uh, Rose Namajunas match. How did you feel about that one? Uh, so, first and foremost, Rose won by decision, um, but she was clearly in trouble in that third round. Yeah, it could have gone either way. Yeah, and we talked about this because we both had Andrade, Andrade. Yeah, just Andrade. Yeah, Andrade uh, winning. But we also said that uh, because it's going into a decision, um, Rose could have it. Rose did had. Rose is uh, sort of a jab fighter, so she definitely had more strikes. But in terms of significant strikes, I think uh, uh, Jessica had more of an edge. Yeah, and, and we're not. And I know a lot of the guys who are listening are going to say, "Well, no, look at the CompuBox numbers." Oh, we're not talking about significant strikes, how they count them. We're talking about strikes that we feel are impactful. Yeah. And it's clear as day to me that Jessica, just her punches have way more damage. Uh, she's stronger. It makes yeah. sense. Um, Rose, 
fights almost like uh, you know the Diaz brothers. They're very they hit you with volume. They can knock you out, but it's always going to be with volume. It's usually more like a TKO than a clean, clean knockout. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm not upset with this decision. Um, I probably would have went with Jessica, but you know Rose. If you she gave could... her the first two rounds, I'm not going to complain yeah, with that. Yeah. It's it's true. Jessica didn't really turn it up um, early enough. And, and I think for Jessica to win, she had to have that round three mentality in round one and two. Or yeah. at least in round two, right? Yeah. And you, it just you, wasn't there. Do you see Rose uh, giving a... a Wiley? Yeah. Wiley thing? I feel like she, Wiley is just... Here's the thing. I think Rose has a very good style. Stylistic, she has a very good matchup against Wiley. She's long. Uh, she's very technical. Um, she is good at not getting hit. And Wiley is kind of a person that likes to get into brawls. And she usually beats you when you're head-to-head, toe-to-toe with her. Yeah. So if Rose you know, stays on the outside, um, plays her really technically, she has a shot. But I'm still going to go with Wiley just because, oh my goodness. Yeah, she's a... Uh... She looks like a monster. Yeah. She looks like she's not afraid to get hit, yeah. to throw yeah. punches, right? Yeah. And we saw that against um, Joanna, right? We saw the oh, fact man. that yeah. she was like, you know what? I'll take these punches as long as I can throw a couple punches of my Back, own. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think if she does that, one of those will knock Rose out. I think so. Or at least stun her TKO. Or her yeah. Ass. Yeah. So, um, I, I said it. I didn't think on, uh, based on this fight, I didn't think Andrade or, or Rose... Uh, don't really stand a chance against Whaley. Mm-hmm. I think Whaley just has that division right now. So, um. Well, and that's the other thing I was saying throughout the fight was that uh, Jessica needed to put herself more at risk because uh, it was pretty clear that Rose wasn't going to knock her out. So I, I understand getting punched in the face isn't it nice. Sucks. Yeah. I'm sure it sucks. But in order for her to win that fight, I think she needed to take a few to give a few. Um, yep. And, you know, she was close in that third round, but a little too little too late, I guess you could say. Yep. Um, but that said, it was a good fight. Yeah. Um, and I think this was sort of like the uh, foreshadowing of the future of the event because there was a lot of technical fighting, a uh, few decisions, you know, yeah. they went long, but it wasn't boring stuff. Yeah. I, I, th- I At least I was entertained. So good matchup. Um, let's see what happens with Rose if they give her a title shot or not. Um, I probably, I would say give her a title shot. Uh, Wiley's already said she's she's wanted she to, wants fight to fight Rose, Rose yeah. so why not? Yeah. Um, moving on to the next match, Peter Yan or Peter 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 Yan. Yeah, we'll call him Yan uh, versus Jose Aldo. Um, oh man, this was heartbreaking. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it was a it was a good fight. Um, Stylistically, they both stood up and 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 threw. Well, I think Aldo looked good for the first two, yeah. three rounds. Not that he was winning, but he, yeah, didn't look like he was getting dominated. No, um, I didn't like the referee in this one just because he would tell Peter Yan to, you know, not close have his, his fingers, close his fingers, but he would keep him open. And then at the end, he sort of countered the way he was refing the match, um, just toward the end where um, Peter Yan was just he just had too much ground control. Well, that was the weird thing. Okay, so let's talk about the refing a little bit. It was so weird that they were so, like, They're aggressive, so, yeah. I felt like. Uh, you know, kept repeatedly touching their hands, getting real close yeah. into the fights. Yeah. Uh, you know, pulling, get your fingers out of here. Get your, yeah. I understand you need to do that, yeah. but, like, 
in the middle of like the action that some of these guys were getting into, yeah. you just need to let them fight. Especially the finger thing. Like there wasn't one eye poke in that whole no. match. So why are you cons- consistently worried about this? Yeah. Like we've seen John Jones do this all the time. And you Nobody guys let says it go. Yeah. Anything, right? Yeah. So. Um, I was kind of upset about the refereeing, and like you said, and finally when it mattered, he didn't pull end, him off. He didn't pull him off early enough. He just he had so much control over him. He was just smacking him with his fist, and it was hitting the back of his head, which is I think that's illegal. Yeah, and you it was the back punch, of his. You can't punch at the back of the head. Yeah, and you just he was letting. And the thing was, he was punching him so fast, so you couldn't really tell. But yo, his back of his head was getting hit. And all the ref said was, "You got to fight back." Yeah, you got to fight. It's like no shit. He's been doing <laughs> this for how many years? You think he doesn't know what he has to do? Yeah. Like. You're not a you're not also a coach, so I was really upset to see Jose Aldo take a beating. I understand you respect him enough to have him try and, and fight back, but this is the fifth round. Um, Jose Aldo probably was gonna lose if this went to a decision. If he was just gonna take that pounding for you know the next minute and 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 and, and you bring up a really seconds. good point. I think as a ref, you gotta really take into the context of it as well. If this was the second round and you know he had a couple of rounds to kind of get back into it, then maybe you yeah. let it go. This was the fifth round. He was getting dominated. Yeah. It was like clear as day. The fight should have been stopped. Because even if, say, Jose Aldo gets back on his feet in the final minute and a half, what was he really going to do? Yeah. Then? Yeah. And, and and the worst part was he had this. He had the beating going on for like a good, mm-hmm. I don't know, a minute, minute and a half, mm-hmm. possibly two minutes. And, and mm-hmm. he just wouldn't call the match. And, and you could even hear the commentator saying, Everyone. okay, the ref's going to call the match in a few seconds. Okay, the ref's going to call the match with another few punch. And then you kept hearing him well, say this. And we we're all thinking this. We saw the tweets as well. Professional fighters out there putting their opinion in. Yeah. And I think everyone was in green that the ref did he a poor job up. stopping that fight. He screwed up. Aldo took a bad beating. Paramedics had to go in there. Yeah. It was a tough one to watch. Um, that said, uh, in terms of Peter Yan uh, or Peter Yan, I apologize if I'm butchering his name. Uh, he looked, he looked really good. Mm-hmm. He looked really good. The one thing I will say is, did he look like he's going to be a world beater, someone who holds the title for a long time? I'm not quite sure yet. I'm not sold. I think if you took his fourth and fifth rounds, yes. Yeah. But it seems like he needs to ramp up to that level. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's waiting for the other guy to get tired, and that's his strategy. Uh, it could very well be. Uh, but based off his the first three rounds, um, he didn't look like an undefeatable champ. Um, whereas like Uzman, who we'll talk later, uh, looked like this guy's not going to be beat anytime soon. Um, but I'm excited for Yan. I'm excited for Yan. I think he looked really good. Um, and again, that fourth and fifth rounds, he looked. He looked as very much the world beater. So um, it was for the bantamweight championship. Um, I know you just said um, yes. we don't know if he'll be a long-lasting champion. Mm-hmm. So this was the belt that was given up by Triple C. Yes. Um, so when he retired, uh, this is one of the belts that he did give up. Um, Triple C versus Peter, or Peter. Pe- Pe- what do you? What would you? Honestly, I don't know if Triple C is a. Uh, I would retired. Give- I would give it to Triple C. I would give it to Triple C as well. I think he just, I, I, he's a smart fighter, right? He'll take you down. He and, won't try and strike with you. Yeah, and um, I don't think Triple C is done. I think Triple C is waiting because this is the best strategy. It depends. I've heard rumors that he's training for boxing. Oh. So he seems like the type of guy that just wants to do everything. Yeah. So he's won an Olympic gold in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, he's won double Multi- champs in UFC. Yeah. Uh, maybe he wants to get in boxing so he can win a title. 
um, and I wouldn't blame him, right? Uh, how cool would that be, right? Yeah, that would be very cool, actually. Right? Yeah, I think he wants that boxing money because the money has been the issue with him. He's, he said he's not being respected enough to be paid. He's a Olympic medalist. He's a multi-divisional holder of belts. Boxing is where the money's at. So you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I, I totally overlooked that, um, that he could be looking for someone who respects who he is uh, in terms of what we respect as a profession, which would be boxing in, in, in this case, just because of the... Well, yeah, I just think it's 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 so strange how boxers or at least the top level boxers make so much more than the. Oh, top did you know that Tyson Fury is fighting? Uh, <laughs> man, they really rammed that down our throats. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, not to. Uh, yeah, I was just saying it's weird that uh, the top boxers get paid way more than top UFC fighters, at least on paper. But that's because of how long the sport's been alive and the people who back it and promote it. I understand it, right? that, but I think if you look at like pay-per-view numbers, they're still very similar in terms of what the UFC is drawing it and boxing is drawing. Again, that goes back to just the people who are backing it. These are like super, super billionaires mm-hmm. um, that throw money at events like that. That said, um, the undercard of boxers get paid next to nothing. nothing. I think they get paid like five hundred bucks, thousand bucks. Like Scary. even on the Conor uh, Floyd Mayweather fight, I believe the undercard, like on the low end, they're making like five hundred bucks, which is insane. Yeah, super insane. Yeah. Like that's kind of scary, but I guess it's a different model that they have set up there. Yeah. Um, so let's move on. If you, unless you have anything to add to Peter, well, the one thing, you know, congratulations to Yan. Um, the one thing I want to ask you was, Aldo, what's next for him? Um, I think Aldo. Remember, this is a weight class down from what he usually rest, uh, fights at. I think we spoke about this yesterday. Um, I was really sad to see him get beat like this. Not because I'm sad to see him lose, but because he just took a, a thrashing. Well, yeah, because he looked good. He looked he every, looked amazing. Yeah. He looked every bit as you know the old yeah. Aldo in the first three rounds. Yeah, and then the fourth round, fifth round, he just gassed out maybe or not really, but it just he just got overtaken by yeah. Peter Yan. Just got beat by a better better fighter, and I I, I don't think Peter P, Peter, Peter. Yan is going to be the only better fighter. I think Aldo realistically is just not the top dog anymore, or no. even in the top three. Really, Connor really knocked him like really badly down, like. He sent him 10 years forward in the future. Yeah. Um, I, w- I think Jose can retire um, and, and, and be happy with his accomplishments. He's had a great career. I don't think he's going to retire. Um, the money is just probably just well, too enticing. That's the other thing I was going to say. If you're going to stay, at least just take the money fights. You know, He's a gatekeeper. Yeah. Take the money fights. Uh, take the fights that are just interesting. Uh, no need to try and be a contender and win a championship. And get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, just take the fight because he's young the most money. and I thought he was old and you're like no he's only 33 so he's got at least yeah. another five years easy yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say be a gatekeeper for the young kids that want to come in and show something beat their ass um, and let the ones that will beat you well, beat I you. still want to see a Connor rematch uh, uh, yeah. despite getting blitz absolutely blitz that was really it didn't really yeah. show us too much I don't think he'll get that match it's just he's <laughs> lost too much in that time and not to say that Connor hasn't lost but Connor's a big draw he is a name, big draw. So it's just what it is. And not that that wouldn't bring a draw. That would be a big draw too, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, Aldo doesn't look like the same Aldo anymore. So um, I think there's just too many enticing fights for Connor. Connor, that's true. To take. Especially uh, now that he's fighting at welterweight and lightweight. Like, and now, you know, Aldo's at bantamweight. Bantamweight, just <laughs> one down from where he yeah, beat him yeah. at. So, so I, don't, I don't even know if they could even make it the same weight class yeah. anymore. They probably have to meet at uh, featherweight or or even lightweight. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, so that was the first title fight. New champion, Pitor Jan. Uh, let's see what he does uh, moving forward. 
Next match uh, was actually a really good one. Volkanovski versus Holloway. First and foremost, last week we said that Volkanovski was going to win pretty handily because he looked so good in the first fight. This match was completely different. I personally had Holloway going three to two. You had him same. I I think I had him same. So this is this is the way. This is the problem though. Uh, the first two rounds and the last two rounds were decisive, and the third round is really, yeah, the deciding factor. Yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Max Max had the first two two. Yeah, oh, and, he looked great in the first. Knocked him down twice. I think once with a head kick. Yeah, and uh, Volkanovski uh, had the last two rounds. Yeah, um, just. Based on his positioning, it was a little better. And yeah, like it, here's what I'll say. I, I'll say Max Holloway's two rounds look better than Volkanovski's two rounds, but, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, and that's what you said, round, right? And you said that you said Max looked really good in the first two, and like he looked the rounds that he won, he won very easily. Yeah. Volk, uh, uh, as opposed to Alexander the Great, where the last two rounds where he won were still sort of like yeah, not, he won, but, but not by much. Yeah. But unfortunately, the way they judge things here is based on who clear cuts right. around. And then um, the third one was close. I personally had Max because I, I still Max. had his. I feel like his confidence level is still there because we saw the first two rounds. He's yeah. shushing the, yeah, the yeah, commentators. The yeah. He's laughing. He's telling, bring it on. Yeah. Uh, you saw that confidence start to deter in the fourth and fifth rounds when things start to get closer. Yeah. Um, but I think Max also thought he had was winning that. Um, and so I will say Max has a little, you know, a lot to blame on himself as well because I think he needed to put, keep that pace up. Now, whether he could have or not, maybe that's a different question. Uh, I personally think he could because he's known for his cardio. Um, that said, uh, Vol- they both look like champs out there. You know, like Volkanovski went from losing two rounds to coming back in that you know third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, really ended off strong. Uh, I gave it to Max, but good fight overall. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are yelling out robbery. It wasn't a robbery. It was a close fight. Yeah. End um, of the day. Yeah, it, I mean, that's it. You do a third fight or probably not? Not at this point. Not right now. Because it's two losses for Max. Yeah. It, yeah, it's exactly. It's two losses for Max. I think Max just goes and maybe dominates maybe two opponents. Yeah. Gets um, him back into the title picture. See if uh, Alexander can do the same. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you can bring this match to a third, I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you is, uh, if Connor comes back, does uh, Volkanovski stand a chance? Uh, I, I don't think so. I feel like, yeah, I don't think so either, only because I think Connor only... has the reach, like, so tall. Yeah. So tall. And he's, his strike, okay, as much as I, like, I feel like Connor is a hype machine, he also has legitimate striking. He has legitimate knockout yeah, power. Yeah, he has legitimate knockout power. Yeah. Um, his striking is precise. Yeah. And we saw uh, Volkanovski get knocked down twice by a guy who's not known for power, right? Max is, again, very similar to Rose in term, and Diaz in terms of they throw volume strikes. That said, he mixed up very well in the first two rounds with the, the leg kicks and, and the knees. Yeah. I think he could knock you out with his leg kicks, and, and not his leg kicks, but his like, his kicks yeah. Yeah. and his knees, but uh, well, not with the punches. Sorry, not to go backwards here, but that's the other thing with the Jose Aldo fight, that uh, he had some good kicks. And he stopped. And he stopped doing it, which is completely crazy to me. Because if you can take out the legs of a guy, his punches are not going to be as that's right as hard, right? He so. he knocked him off his feet with one of his leg kicks. Two of them. And the thing about Aldo is, early in his career, he was known that for was his known leg for kicks. That. He would break your shins. It's right? almost like everybody's begging for leg kicks, and, yeah. and he just doesn't he do stops. them anymore. Yeah, it possible. It's very possible that it hurts him. It could be. And just after all these years, it might just be more painful for him to do because of the 
Because if you guys feel your, if we play, we play a lot of sports in, in high school. So if you feel your shin, um, you can feel all the bumps, the bumps and the yeah, grooves and whatnot. Right. So he could have very easily have done some real damage to it and just maybe just not able to do it as much. Because why would you stop if you're owning that, right? So exactly, and it, it was such a strong part of your game originally. There must be a reason why it's changed. But. So anyway, I don't want to go too far, but I just wanted to bring that up. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, good fight. Um, I don't know really what you so, do. Up was the question to you. Back to you. Connor comes back. What happens? You, channel shot. Yeah, I know. And and he, you think he easily beats? Volk easily beats him. Mm. Easily beats him. Yeah. Um, Volk, Volk, Volk may try to stand with him. He won't be able to stand with him. I think Connor is going to work on that hole in his game, which is the wrestling game, at least defense anyway. Um, not that Connor will ever try and take you down because he doesn't need to. No. But he will have to learn how to defend if he's ever going to try and. Um, you know, who he should work with. And no, don't say it. I was gonna say Masvidal. What are you saying? Oh, that would be good. Because uh, we'll talk about this in a second. Because yeah, yeah. Masvidal looked, even though it was a pretty one-sided decision, he looked really good out there. But who are you thinking of? I was gonna say Habib, which is a total like stupid, uh, yeah. stupid which is a stupid thing to even say. Uh, no, no, no. I was just thinking Masvidal because he's a striker who has phenomenal takedown yeah. defense. My goodness. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I think if Connor comes back, uh, I don't even know. First of all, if Connor can even make 145 anymore. Uh, we used to see him at the weigh-ins, and he looked like Skeletor. Yeah. Uh, and he's fought all the way up to welterweight, so I, I don't. That's a big, yeah. It's a big, uh, it's a big gap to fill, mm-hmm. and even to try to go to 145. But although at 145, he's a big guy, and he could definitely take Alexander the Great and, mm. and send him back to the Stone Age. So. Um, uh, yeah, but anyways, just to recap this match. Personally, I thought both fighters looked really good. Yep. Both looked like champs. Uh, Max Holloway looked even better than he normally does yeah. and uh he lost so that just goes to show you how you know good Volkanovski is right yeah. and uh hopefully max comes back uh he, he he's always had a good attitude he's got the hawaiian kind of you know yep uh, will come back better stronger so yep. um let's see that that third match has to happen eventually once max gets a few wins and you know he will so yeah uh, is there any other featherweight contenders right now? I was gonna ask you the same thing. I can't. Even I don't think, think. I don't think there's much. I don't think there really um, is. Yeah. It's 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 more about. I think it's Max that's that's gotta come back, um, and and see if he can challenge for the featherweight belt. And that's it's right. gonna have to be. Uh, um, that's gonna have to take a little time. Um, you got Brian Ortega, yeah. Ortega. Sorry. Um, you have this guy. Uh, it's a bit. Magno Mano Shebov. Oh yeah, and I think he trains with Khabib. Yeah, so well, I mean, he, with a name like that, he must train. <laughs> so he could actually challenge Alexander the Great. And again, he's not a—he's a jabber as well, but he's more of a takedown wrestling yeah. kind of guy, yeah. which could give. And again, if he's training with Habib, then you know it's serious with the takedown and the wrestling is for real. Mm-hmm. He could give Alexander the Great a, a, a run for his money. That said, um, Usman and Volkanovski are on some insane streaks right now. Yeah. Like, what is record? 22-1 and one, Volkanovski right now. And yeah. I think he, his streak, I don't even know how far it goes, like 16 fights in a row, something like that, 17 fights yeah. in a row, something insane like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think he as a champ looks really good. Yeah. Um, man, Connor, please come back. Yeah, he'll come back eventually. Uh, it's just it's just about him chilling out, relaxing, relaxing. All right, uh, so let's get right into the main events, uh, which was Kamaru Usman versus George Masvidal. Originally slated to be um, Gilbert Burns, who is actually a teammate of Usman. Uh, so 
Usman actually had his corner was a team that he doesn't normally train with, uh, coaches that he doesn't normally have, because mm-hmm. uh, he had anticipated facing his teammate. Yep. Uh, that said, um, I'll give you my overall thoughts first. I think Usman, the decision was pretty one-sided. I thought he looked very much dominant. Uh, that said, um, Masvidal looked dangerous for five rounds. Like, geez, it looked like in that, you know, he could knock you out even in that last 30 seconds of the fifth round if he needed to. Um, yeah, and, and this was, I was very critical of George going into this because of his contract situation and the whole thing about the money, but really, it's none of my business anyways. Um, I gained a lot of respect for him. I thought uh, he, his nickname is almost perfect, Game Red. It almost, you yeah. know, it describes it, me to it, a team. Who he How is. did you feel about this fight? Um... I yeah I came in not liking Masvidal at all. Yeah, uh, he has a big mouth. He's got that Connor attitude. Yes. Um, so obviously I'm not gonna like him kayfabe anyway. Yeah. Um, came in with a week's notice. Impressed impressed me. Yeah. Uh, Usman could not stand up with him, and I was very no. shocked at that. No. The first two rounds were extremely telling, and you could see at least um, Usman figured that out really fast yeah. that he could not stand with this no. guy. That well, was scary. Some of the moves that he put on him. I think it was very smart for Usman to start clinching. Um, and, you know, that's what makes a champ. You know, GSP didn't have such a long reign because he was really great in one area. It was yeah. because he was really good in all areas. And if you were beating him one area, you'd take you somewhere else. Yeah. And I think uh, Usman is doing the exact same thing. I foresee him being a champ for a long time. But like you said, George was the better striker yesterday hands down yeah hands down like he, even like, his defense was good his takedown defense his takedown. was good too and well, that's what i'm saying too is that first of all he's a street brawler like he's known for his stand-up yeah. and street brawling and all that stuff but he has a really really good takedown defense and even when he's on the ground he gets up really Fast. quick yeah he's good um, moving his i was really was impressed and that's why i was saying that you know uh who are we talking about needs to train connor needs to train connor. with uh masvidal yeah. that's actually a good yeah, yeah, that would be really good for him. Yeah. Uh, so that said, um, Masvidal impressed the crap out of me. Uh, you know, I'll apologize to him for talking crap about him. Um, he looked good. I'm excited. I, I think these two got to go at it again sometime in the future. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. Um, but I think the outcome will be the same. Mm-hmm. I think Usman's clinching is just too elite right I think, now. I think the other thing too is Usman would. Uh, Right away, go for that. Now that he knows now, for he sure knows that he can't strike, yeah. he'll go right into because it. Because the striking is, it, the disparity is too large. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think you're going to, you you're already a big, you're a big guy and you can strike and you're having trouble striking against this guy. You're not going to, I don't know if you can get better at striking. Right. I don't think so. And even if you can, it's going to be minuscule. And the difference wasn't minuscule. The difference was great, in my yeah. opinion. Well, the thing about Masvidal is not only is technically good, but he just has insane power. Like, he swings. And he's swinging in the fifth round. Yeah. So that tells you a lot about who he is and, and what he can do. Like, he passes the eye test. You look at a guy punch, and this guy... He can punch. He can punch. I yeah. don't think I'd want to take a punch. Not that I want to take a punch from anybody, but, no. like, if I was a UFC fighter, I think he's one of the last guys I'd like to take a you punch You know from. what? One of the things that I was really scared for for Usman um, was the fact he did a lot of his takedowns from ankle picks. He would try and reach yeah, low yeah, yeah, for yeah. the... 
Could you imagine? He needs him in the head yeah, like he did to like uh, our boy. Exactly. Um, not ben our boy. Askren. Ben Askren. That's Joe Rogan's boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Like, And I don't know why he didn't go for that, but I think it's because Masvidal respected Usman. Yeah. Um, and when I say respect, I don't mean out of personality, but he was probably afraid that if he gave up, he already given up the leg. If he w- would have given up the second leg to go for a, uh, a knee, a knee yeah. which we saw he tried once yeah. and he fell. And he got taken down. Yeah. And the thing about the difference between Usman and... Ben Askren is Usman when he has you down, we, he throws like nasty elbows. Well, like he holds punches. you down. Yeah, and he throws nasty, brutal punches. Nasty, yeah. nasty yeah. elbows. But they're borderline; they could be called illegal because I think they're to the side of the head. I think you can't mm. do that. Oh, maybe I'm not sure. Because you, I think, I think you can't elbow to the side of the head, but you can elbow to the front of the forehead. Or something. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I know you can't go. I think 90 degrees down or something like that. Uh, but regardless, uh, he has nasty ground and pound. Yeah. Um, so maybe you're right. Maybe that's why Masvidal doesn't want to get taken down by him. Whereas uh, Ben Askren is a guy who is more he'll wrestle you once yeah. you're on the ground, and, and Masvidal doesn't care about that. So I I, I think um, I think the outcome will be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Usman is a big welterweight, just sort of like George Saint Pierre was, but he's George Saint Pierre was more lower body big. Um, not to say his upper body was it was anything wrong, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, Usman is sort of the opposite. He has a huge upper body. Yeah, he's a huge and the, chest. And his legs are a little smaller, but even then, they're not minuscule. No. Um, they're still imposing. So I think uh, uh, Masvidal looked a little more skinnier, but that's because that goes with his style. You know what's interesting? Masvidal looked like the bigger guy, though. Like in terms Taller, of yeah, yeah. He did look a lot taller than him. Yeah. It was strange. Well, not a lot, but taller. Yeah. And I think that could just be because Usman has a lower stance. Yeah. But uh, you could see, like, especially in the clinch work, you, you saw, like, um, Masvidal almost got into, like, guillotine yeah. positions. He was a little high, so high up. Yeah. Um, so with that said, um, just looking at the division, um, Usman still has to fight Gilbert Burns at some point, probably this later this year. Colby mm-hmm. um, Covington, um, who I don't necessarily think stands a chance. Well, I mean, Colby Covington already lost pretty cleanly, but the thing was, I think he broke his hand. So he was fighting yeah. with one hand for most yeah, of that Most match. of that fight, yeah. yeah. So I think um, Masvidal will get a, a second shot. Mm-hmm. If Gilbert Burns can't come back this year, um, I could definitely see them going again. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely better than a week's notice. So that might help out. And that's the other thing I, I, I got to say about Masvidal. Is, uh, last week I said he wasn't a contender. Dude's a contender. Yeah, he definitely I, is. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely a contender. Yeah. He, he can knock out anybody on any given night. Yeah, But um, he's going to have to change his game up completely. To, to to fight Usman. I'm sorry to say that because Usman's just going to clinch him. Like you said, he's just going to go right for the clinch right off the start. Yeah, I, I think he needs a better game plan when you're facing a guy who's gonna, who's ready to go for a decision. Yeah. Because uh, Masvidal's game is not for decisions. He's no. there to knock, knock you, you out. Uh, that said, like, good takedown defense. He, he's very technically solid. Yeah. If you're Masvidal and you're going to get a second fight, what's your game plan? Oof. Well, first and foremost, I'm look. I'm I'm training that knee. I'm training that knee because I thought there was one specific one. When we watched this fight, uh, I told you, well, that was a really slow shot by Usman because he literally like went for that leg all the way down and it was super he slow. Opened. Yeah. And it was like almost perfect for knee. So I'm looking for that knee. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the second thing is you got to work that how to get out of the clinch. I know uh, Usman is a big, strong guy, and he he pummels you against the cage. So maybe you you take the center of the the cage, and you don't let him back you up against the cage, uh, and that's the game plan. Because uh, uh, it didn't look like he should be too worried about the takedown because his defense was really good. Uh, but he needs to be worried about the clinch work. Yeah. Um, so 
Uh, what do you think? I, I, I agree. The clinch work has got to have some work, but I think what you do, I don't think you can beat his clinch. Mm-hmm. I think what you got to do is you got to get it to round five, sort of like how we got here. Mm-hmm. Um, what you do leading up to that is you're a striker. Now, clinchers are all about using... If you're gonna clinch, you're using all your body, which is your core primarily. Yeah. You go for the ribs, you go for the chest hits, um, and you try to break his legs down. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know that uh, Masvidal is more of a striker in terms of punching you to yeah, the like face. Yeah, like boxer. Yeah. But I think what you gotta do is utilize that in a different way. Mm-hmm. Hurt his core. Hurt his oh, body uh, shots. Leg, yes. Uh, take the breath That's out the of him. Here, yeah. That way he's not going to have as much strength to clinch you. And we already see that you have great defense anyway. So if you can utilize your, you know, your, 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 your striking ability to different parts of the body to weaken what he can strengthen, I think in the fifth round you can take him right on the chin. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, just to go back to the Aldo fight, Aldo had a really nice body work yesterday, but sometimes guys just don't get affected. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Peter Yan still had cardio for days. Yeah. Usually, you take the body out of them, they they, they tire out easy. Yeah. But Peter Yan, so we don't know how Usman reacts to body work. Uh, maybe he just doesn't get phased. It's true. Um, on the flip side, I think Aldo got hit in the the rib, and people thought he had a broken rib. Yeah. But I think it just took the wind out of him. Well, he also looked really pale, which led me to believe that Aldo may have had food poisoning or he just something yeah, didn't mix well with he, him. Yeah, he, he looked he really looked weird yesterday. Really pale. He looked sort of out of out of it. I haven't heard anything. Um, not his that his performance I looked, looked okay though. His performance was fine. Yeah. I think may have, what may have happened is with he prop maybe maybe just based off this paleness, he may have eaten something, but his body got rid of it really quickly. Mm-hmm. But he never really trusted anything after that, yeah, like and he didn't may have just like himself back up. Yeah. Or whatever it is. And um, it just is what it is. So, um, yeah. But yeah, okay. So overall, a great event. Well, not great event, but a good event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, three title fights. You never, you can never go wrong with three title fights. Masvidal looked good. Usman looked good. Usman looked like he's gonna be a champ for, for a long, a while, long, long for time. For a very long time. Um, and yeah, some interesting matchups to come up in the future. Yeah. Um, uh, so interesting to note. Um, um, uh, DC will be fighting. Yes, Miocic. Miocic, uh, third time. Yes, I forget, August 9th, something like that. About a month away, August 15th or whatever, um, uh, mid-August. That should be interesting as DC's last fight. Yes. Um, And both guys knocked each other out in the first two, which makes this even more interesting. Yeah, Um, yeah. Who do you got? Um, I want to say DC. And the reason I'll say that is because in the fight he lost, he was actually on his way to win a decision before he got knocked out. But... um, that said, Miocic made all the right adjustments in that fight and really came on strong when he knocked him out, as yeah. we saw clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but So if Miocic comes out with a, the perfect game plan, then he could easily take this pretty quickly because uh, he is the bigger man. Uh, he is the taller guy, the sh- probably the stronger guy too. Mm. Um, that said, uh, again, DC, I think if you look at all whatever, s- or all seven rounds or eight rounds or whatever rounds they fought, yeah. I think for the most part... Uh, DC um, was the winner of most of those. Yeah, so I'll I'll agree with you there. Now, with Stipe. Stipe, yeah. He, wow, he's at least made the heavyweight division as a champion. Even though he lost to DC, Mm -hmm. he made it legit. He's been a great champion. I can't. I don't even know if I can say that for uh, Junior Dos Santos. Um, who's fighting, I believe, either next week or on that card. I think it's on that card. It's on sorry. that card, It's on yeah. that card. And uh, Kate Velasquez. Hmm? Rosenstraff. Ro- Rosenstraff, which is another, another great match. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's going to beat Junior Dos Santos. I think Junior oh, Dos Santos' time has done. passed. Yeah. But 
even when Junior held the belt, even when Kane held the belt, Kane was supposed to be that guy that, mm-hmm. that really solidified a champion in the heavyweight division, and he didn't really do it to my expectation because he kept getting injured. Junior had a small run, um, and he didn't actually do it to my expectation, but Stipe has done a great job um, at solidifying the heavyweight. So I think DC wins, but like no disrespect to Stipe. Stipe's been a great guy. Obviously, we know DC is going to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, I don't know uh, the heavyweight rankings uh, per se, but I think uh, Rosenstreet will He's may, probably up there, yeah. He's probably um, next in line. Um, oh, Francis is there, but Francis, I believe, already oh, lost. Oh, I totally forgot about Francis. Francis has lost to yes. Stipe already. I believe so, yeah. Um, Oh, shoot. So, Junior Dos Santos is actually ranked fifth right now. Okay. Um, so, he's still there. So, I think Rosenstruck, if he beats... Uh, uh, if, he beat, if, he, if he can beat him wholeheartedly, not in a decision, but probably a knockout, yes, I'm going to put Rosenstruck in there to face uh, Stipe, likely, if, if DC wins, which I'm predicting, both of us are predicting, yeah. um, to go for the heavyweight belt once uh, DC retires. So, What I will say about uh, what you said about Stipe is... He is one of the few heavyweight guys who I feel has always improved. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like these heavyweight guys, they get these hype because, you know, they're killers. Like, you know, when um, Francis was knocking guys out, it's like, oh, this guy's a killer. Uh, but Stipe is a guy who legitimately continues to develop. Yeah. Um, he's a killer in his own right, don't get me wrong. But he gets better, gets better, gets better. Um, and so I, I, I'm impressed by that. And I think he's really, outside of DC, he's really... I don't see any other challengers for him. Yeah. Uh, John Jones has to probably come up and, and face Stipe. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I don't think he has any trouble, even with Francis. Yeah. Even though Francis is looking like a killer right now. But we've seen it already. Yeah. He's looked like a killer and lost. Yeah. But Stipe is just smarter. Yeah. Like you said, he's constantly getting better. Getting while better. While Francis is sort of that, that fighter. Yeah. Um, I feel like the heavyweights just have this weird mentality of like, being knockout, 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 yeah. right? It's, it's a big dog mentality. It's right? like, but if you go in there with the big that GSP style and, and you try and game plan and win fights, that's something you we rarely see in heavyweights, and it's gonna take you far. Yeah. Um, so uh, that'll be a great fight, though, and uh, I hope DC wins just because I love DC. He's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, he said something funny on the Twitter yesterday. I totally forgot what he said, but yeah. pretty... um, I, I can't remember now. Oh boy, was it something about the ref? No. Oh, I can't even remember. Yeah. Oh, man, that was funny, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, it is what it is. And, wow, this podcast is coming up on two hours and 30 minutes. Uh, maybe we'll split this one up into two. Uh, but that basically ends off this week. Again, so much, so much stuff happened this oh. week. <laughs> so I, f- I found the tweet. Basically, uh, Usman and Masvidal actually have a little bit of beef. I don't know if that's kayfabe or not, but at the end, they were shaking hands. They oh. really respected each other. And then Cormier said, wait, they're friends now? Yeah. <laughs> Which we thought was funny because it's true. I love DC, by the way, because he's just a genuine guy. He's one of those guys that I just feel like I could go have a beer with. And Also funny, yeah. um, something that we picked up is they kind of screwed up on the presentation of uh, the Amanda Rebus and Paige Van Zandt. Oh. They yeah. wrote that she was 101. Yeah. Which they managed to say 10 and 1, and even DC picked that out. It's like 101, she's the GOAT. <laughs> DC trolling, yo. DC trolling, yo. DC, Keep it up, DC. DC. Yeah, he's, well, he's going to have a long career with the UFC, too, right? He's going to be with commentating and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, he loves it. You can see it. He, he really. DC is a guy, he's had a very, I would say, a hard life. Mm-hmm. 
successful but hard. He's gone through a lot of things in his life um, that really very much the underdog story that we love. Yeah, but he's also succeeded, yeah. and but he doesn't see himself as successful. I think for a lot of different reasons because of the failures that have happened. But you don't get to that position obviously without sacrificing. But I know a lot of the sacrifices weren't his sacrifices to make. They just sort of happened. Yeah, sort of bad luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, he's he's just he's a great human being um, to great. take all out all in stride. Oh yeah, great great dude. And again, I, I just. I really like him as a person. I don't personally know him, but from what I've seen of him, he's always presented he like a cool himself. Dude, yeah, dude. presented himself in a good way. Yeah, it's um, like a guy you can have a beer with, have a laugh with, yeah, and, exactly. And, but yeah. also at the same time, if, I, if my tire broke on the on the road, I could call him, and he, you yeah. know, you know, he's gonna show. But again, that's just me. Yeah, we don't personally know him, but yeah. again, yo, hit us up, hit us up, <laughs> <laughs> DC. He's also a big wrestling fan, so oh, nice. Yeah, he could do some damage in WWE if they were. Yeah. He could. Because they're all transitioning now, yeah, right? Yeah, So, um, yeah, good dude. I like him. I wish him nothing but the best. Um, yeah, and that basically concludes this week's WrestleBall podcast. Again, so much stuff has happened. Wrestling is looking good. Basketball is getting ready to start up. UFC just had one of the biggest events of the year. Yep. Um, hopefully 2020 ends off on a good note. Yep. Um, and it looks like it's going to be that way. Mark, any last words? I think that's it. We covered quite a bit today. Things are starting to get really exciting. Um, we're starting to get life back a little bit. Um, it's been super interesting. I know we got a friend back from the States who was finishing his studies, uh, yeah. residency in school. It'd be great to see him again. And you could try to enjoy what we have left of the summer. Yeah. Um, He's this is finishing off his quarantine. As well. So hopefully uh, we'll do that. So you guys get out there. Enjoy. Uh, always be grateful for what we got and be positive. And please wear your masks, by the way. I've been seeing this whole uh, anti-mask movement, yeah. and, and like you guys who think you're so tough by not wearing masks, uh, it's pretty sad to see. Because I'm pretty sure the surgeons who wear masks for 12 hours, six hours, the nurses who wear for them the whole shift, I, mean, I wear a mask for my entire shift. Like it's doable. I understand it sucks, but just think of your fellow, you know citizens and remember like bat like the dark knight said the mask is not in the dark knight rises anyway the mask is not to protect yourself it's to protect the people you love ah perfect perfect so without further ado thank you for joining us on the Russell ball podcast until next time you've been listening to joe and mark take care guys slater gator